Welcome back to the PC Master Race podcast. This is episode 60. Dakota said I got to yell into the mic to do the intro because I don't ever do the intro. My name is Jones and I'm here today with... <laughs> My name's John. Ed Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going back to calm. I was trying to ride that wave of our hype music at the beginning. Uh, anyways, this is episode 60 and this is a kind of a short mini series that Jones is kind of doing, I guess. Uh, this is the PC history lesson, 1980 to 1989, the year of our Lord and my birth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and the reason wait, uh, we uh, want to talk, wait, Gaben's not your, Gaben's way older than you. Oh, I know. <laughs> I said the year of our Lord. <laughs> exactly. 1989. Oh, I know. Gaben. That was a joke. I know. Lord. <laughs> yeah, he's born in like. 1860 or something <laughs> like great civil war era time i'm not yeah. really sure uh so the idea of this kind of came up this is actually my idea and i had i talked to dakota about it and i was convincing him that this is a good idea and then i'm still not convinced an, he's still <laughs> not kidding. convinced he'll, hopefully he'll be convinced after this episode is over maybe uh so Basically, I wanted to to do something like, hey, we play games and we use our computers every day. And a lot of times there's a lot of stuff that one, we don't know about the past. And I think there's a lot of things that we take for granted because we live in modern day. Um, and it's it's sometimes it is good to, you know, go up in the attic and search through the cobwebs and see where you're where blow all the, your stuff came yeah, from. Blow the dust off your old it's, Pentium 4. I, it is kind of crazy to see where technology's come just in our lifetime. Even like, yeah. you know, I was born in 1990, just a mm -hmm. little, little, a couple months after you, I think, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, just thinking about like all this stuff, just I remember my mom getting a cell phone for the first time. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just crazy. It's Do you crazy mean a that... brick? A brick with an antenna? <laughs> yeah. it's, I mean, well, my, my it's... dad had the, the walkie talkie Nokia phone from work, mm -hmm. that giant, the actual brick. The one in the suitcase? Mm -hmm. Or, no, or was like, that no, one from like, the, like the big 70s? one? The one okay. that it was, and all I could hear was he was hard of hearing. He never understood what we said. But when he would use that, people would go, and he'd be like, yeah, okay, that works out. <laughs> I'm like, how did you understand that? Wait, like, was that the one from The Matrix where you press a button and it like slides yeah. down the, the cover above the keypad? That's awesome. <laughs> I always wanted that phone. The original flip phone? Yeah. 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 It, well, you know how you can tell that we're older. It's like, I remember when the first time I saw a Razor phone, my mind was exploded. I was like, that phone's so well, small and thin. Oh, the, oh not not the new Razor phone from Razor, the, the gaming foot. company, Razor from Motorola. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah a, Carson, Carson, calm down. There was yeah. a family at my church growing up that their the mom worked at Motorola, and they all got Razor phones before they came out, and I thought it was like, I was like, oh, oh my so God. lucky. And that phone yeah. was just a piece of crap now. It's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> But the yeah. the clamp the the sound you got when you closed it. Uh, My very first phone that I bought when I was fifteen that I paid for was a like a piece of crap flip phone, and I was like, "This is the height of technology." Yeah, this and is it, amazing. This is probably something that like only an older person would say who actually mm -hmm. had like flip phones and stuff. Mm -hmm. I prefer typing on a flip phone because I got so good where I could just read the text underneath the yeah. desk and then yeah. just put the phone away and like just type with my one finger mm -hmm. and it was like all perfectly spelled out and spaced out yeah. and like you know i got all the special characters in there and stuff and then i just send yeah. it off without even looking at it it was crazy I, so efficient I remember, I remember getting like a blackberry that actually mm -hmm. had like a full keyboard, keyboard. And it was a slide, oh, I never had a slide one. up as a slide up blackberry but it was like a htc or something yeah but i was like 
it was little tiny things. But I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I remember when the iPhone came out, people were like, oh yeah, just type on it. I was like, how the hell do you type on a touchscreen like that? <laughs> and now I'm like, I, now if I if someone gave me something other than an iPhone, I'd be like, how the hell do you type on I, this <laughs> thing? I got like one of the first Samsung touchscreens. It was a piece of crap. <laughs> well, like, and that's they, the thing too. They, like they those, go ahead. Those phones that you're about to talk about, you know, we were only used to those being the touchscreens. And then mm-hmm. iPhone came out with like a glass touchscreen. It's like yeah, that's way what, better. To that's what I'm gonna say. It had like a plastic screen or something, yeah. and it scratched glass. <laughs> I didn't have like a screen protector on it, and it was mm-hmm. like clouded with scratches. It was awful. Yeah, yeah. it's disgusting. Was these, yeah, destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're not here to talk about cell phones. That was a way tangent uh, yeah. like we usually did in the beginning. <laughs> My bad. Um, I know that I usually do community events. Um, for the show, I didn't write anything down, so we're not gonna talk about community events. Nothing happened. Oh, oh yeah. wait. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk about the one big thing, community event that happened, if you were listening oh, to yeah. last week, we we talked about it was happening on sa- this past Saturday, we did our Family Feud Patreon-sponsored community event. It was tons of fun. Uh, I think we had eight people competing. Mm-hmm. Definitely wasn't a massive blowout for one team absolutely dominating the other team. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, tried to, we tried to help out the, uh, the other team, but uh, you can only help out was- so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 just one of those things where it's like hey it's family feud so it was literally like hey we did a survey with the discord everything yeah. they get the i think the main thing is that everybody that playing even though if they won or lost like i think everybody yeah. had a really yeah, good time all, oh yeah everybody's everybody said they had a good time hopefully they're <laughs> just like crying I always, nobody will I always be back loves, for the second like one. we do one question and they get all but one and the other team's like all right we have like three answers written down screw it let's just say one and then they they clutch and get it and it's like yeah, oh. yeah. And you're like that yeah. happened a couple times. It did. And I it had to did. shave my beautiful mustache. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I grew yeah. for it. <laughs> John had, John had a mustache. Steve Harvey mustache. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, our, our stream of that uh, is on our Twitch and YouTube if you wanted to go back and watch it. It's, about, it's yeah. literally like two hours on yeah, the, almost was, on the dot. <laughs> yeah. Really? And it was, yeah. Yeah, it, was super, it was super entertaining to do. Uh, thank oh, yeah. you for everybody that sponsored that, all our Patreon subscribers. Thank you. That was awesome um so just so you know as of recording we pretty much are set up to do another patreon sponsored community event yep. next month it'll be a different uh, we, game and we're it, still it working a, on it yeah it will be a different game uh we're still working on it because we haven't done anything yet because we didn't because it's one of those things where it's it is a it is a goal that we have to hit every month for us to be able to do that mm-hmm. so uh yeah once again thank you for everybody that yeah, is supporting us through that uh it enables us to take the extra time because even the family feud thing we're like oh this will be super easy and it hours. was not yeah. super easy that hours. took a while to set up as as uh is even though it was actually somewhat really well put together and somewhat janky behind the scenes <laughs> it worked out <laughs> it worked out overall overall it was a, yeah. it was a success i think End everybody had fun and good. that's kind of the main thing yeah yep yeah cool um but other than community events i don't have anything else every all the other community events are still going on the monthly game club the zelda final fantasy thing i'll talk about that a little bit with what we've been playing but i will go last because i've been talking a lot dakota sweet go for it i'm actually gonna have john go first because he has a little bit less go for it cool okay i'm gonna go first uh just because i think i should (laughs) uh so because i hate myself i've been playing league of legends still mm-hmm. and i'm hard stuck bronze still i've talked to most yep. people that play league and we've we've discussed strategies, strategies. <sighs> yeah, Strat- the, the biggest strategy like, yeah, is me actually winning games 
which is not <laughs> as easy as I think it should be. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows I play League. I have been playing yeah. another game that, that I actually had gotten far in, not really far, like maybe halfway through, mm-hmm. and I kind of forgot about it. And it's a game I could play with my daughter here. Like I could just sit here on my mm-hmm. computer like and be watching her and beat a level mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and it's Gauntlet. And it's mm-hmm. the newest Gauntlet that came out, and it sucks. The remake. Yeah, the remake. Wait, it sucks. What is it? yeah. It's, it's really bad. Describe it's, it for somebody who's never heard of it. So pretty Wait. much, Gauntlet is a like kind of a dungeon crawler game. It's a, it's a crap. Down. It's a crappy version of Diablo. Oh, um, okay. And so pretty much this one in particular is supposed to be a remake of like the original of the arcade, original. Mm-hmm. which it's is a, like it's a top down. It's a, like a top down. Uh, think of like a twin stick shooter, but you're controlling a, just a, like a, a mage or wizard, and then yeah. you just like and literally just, like, sh- infinite ammo, basically. Yeah, literally like, like the warrior. I just and then I have a special, and there's potions and stuff like that. So apparently, too, I was like kind of reading reviews on Steam, and you know, some people like it, some people don't. But apparently, it, the game is is called like Gauntlet Slayer Edition, and apparently, the Slayer Edition is a dumbed down version of the original game that they gutted. <laughs> And I don't oh, because they they gutted it to make it work on consoles, and I don't know what they took out. But people are like, "Yeah, this is a scam." Like they they gutted the game, they took out a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm curious. I'm gonna have to look that up because I'm not exactly sure what they took out. The problem with the game is it is not great single player, and mm-hmm. I mean I can beat it, but it's it's sometimes it's rough because you'll get in a room and just enemies spawn and and overwhelm you, and it's really hard to not get hurt. Like it's impossible sometimes. Like I just have to sit there and and just get through it yeah and if you had two people like you can i i mean I'm, i could be very wrong in this but playing the wizard and playing like archer is impossible by yourself you can't do it mm-hmm. because yeah. you just can't kill stuff fast enough and they swarm you and you die so i have to play mm-hmm. warrior valkyrie because they can actually like slice your stuff but i don't have that much left in it i can beat just beat levels and continue and just go mm-hmm. and go and go and it's something i can just get done um i don't like it I now I loved Gauntlet Legends on the N64, mm-hmm. GameCube, yep. Gauntlet, GameCube. Uh, Gauntlet Legacy dark, or Dark yeah, Legacy, Dark, dark Legacy. That That's one, awesome. I didn't like that one as much, but oh really? No, I, I Gauntlet Legends was the one I grew up with. That's the one I liked the most. N64, I yeah. played that a ton. Yeah, and this is a crappy version of that, hundred percent. Like Gauntlet yeah. Legends was mm-hmm. really, really well done, and uh, it's just I don't know. I'm just beating it to beat it at this point, but yeah. I know me and a friend bought it, and we were both horribly disappointed when we started playing it. How like, much was Whoa. it? I don't remember. 20 bucks? Yeah. I have it. Oh, I have it man. That is steep. You, you should probably... Yeah. You should download it and just... I don't, I don't know if you can jump on where I'm at. We can beat it really fast. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played it, honestly, since it came out. And I, I played a ton of Gauntlet Legends on... I've played the original arcade game, because I'm old. And I've played... Uh, I used, I've actually played that in an arcade that had the old arcade machine. Like, the original Gauntlet, which is really fun. It's like nice. wizard needs food, and um, <laughs> but the Gauntlet on N six Gauntlet Legend N sixty four I played a ton, and then I played a ton of Gauntlet Dark Legacy on GameCube, and I think the the thing that I played GameCube because I had friends to play with, they had extra classes like Jester was really mm-hmm. fun. You, you, you would find had, the special, oh, and yeah, all there's like this, special yeah, classes and stuff yeah. you could find. So like I remember the Jester, the cool thing is that he has a ranged attack, but literally he his ranged attack was he'd throw bombs, but he would like throw a bomb up in the air and hit it with a baseball bat towards enemies so it was like that's pretty cool it was yeah it was awesome maybe like batter up batter up anybody that's played gauntlet legends would know what i'm talking about um so that was that was fun but, but i'm not talking I have about one more gauntlet thing. anymore okay, one more go thing ahead. Before, so it's not 
a game I played, but I did make a purchase. I bought a new gaming oh, okay. mouse. And yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I bought a Razer gaming mouse because I was kind of looking around and I didn't want to... wants to buy a new one next year. <laughs> well, you know, I, I feel like we do, we do a lot of, you know, we talk about Razer a lot. I have never Grabbing personally owned them. a Razer product. Yeah, I mean, we do. Okay. Yeah. And I have never owned one before. And I was looking at, at getting a new mouse. And I mean, I actually found out my current the wireless mouse I was using was not an optical sensor. It was just the uh, laser. And the, my plug-in one that I had replaced with was an optical sensor. I had no idea because my wife was working from home and she was mm-hmm. using that. And I was like, huh, look at that. So I decided to get the Razer mouse. It was like 50 bucks. So it's kind of mid-range because mm-hmm. you can pay like yeah. $100 for a mouse. Yeah. And it had a ton of good reviews. Um, I didn't know it's battery powered. I didn't realize it was battery powered until I, until I got home. Wireless? Uh-huh. But apparently this thing lasts for forever on a battery. So I was having to charge this other mouse like a lot and it would die in the middle of playing League of Legends. This one actually has a battery like it has a little light right peers right where the yeah. D- DPI is and it'll tell me if it's low. So it says it lasts for like over 100 hours. See if that nice. works out. But I actually really like it so far. I have found like the right click feels a little weird sometimes when I'm playing League. It might just be the way I'm holding it. It's it's probably stiff just because it's a new mouse too. Um, probably, but I like Honestly, it. Yeah. It feels good in my hand. It kind of looks cool, which means nothing because it's a mouse. But I mean, <laughs> I, I do actually kind of like it. I like, respect the fact that you purchased a Razer mouse because you, obviously, wanted. like the specs wise and and whatnot, you wanted those features, but you also yeah. wanted to purchase a Razer mouse because you talk about it a lot and you wanted to make sure that you were yeah. talking from experience. I respect that. I respect that. I, I'm just sad that you have to buy one next year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I break it anyway, so I'm going to buy one soon again. Anyway. But, hey, uh, <laughs> you, you also said that you've never bought Razer products, but you bought a Razer mouse bungee. Oh, yeah, you're right. And now you can't use it because you bought exposed. a wireless mouse. Exposed. Okay. Exposed. I have that when I need him. it. It's there for when I need Exposed. it. Exposed. But now that I bought wireless, I don't want to go back to having a wire again. So that's uh, yeah. true. Yeah. You need a mouse bungee when you don't it's, have a wire. It's going to be hard to go back to having a wired mouse after this. IQ. Exactly. I gotcha. Okay, do you want me to go to Cody and go last? Because I know you have a bunch of stuff. Sure. Okay. All right. So I also bought something today. I bought a new keyboard, and Yay. I bought a glorious uh, PC gaming wraith. I can't ever get their name because I feel like I feel like they're like legally. What can we do? Name right, yeah. company. <laughs> Just like <laughs> slowly skirt around like random things and throw something together. So I bought the GMMK, which is the Glorious Mechanical Modular Keyboard. I think that's I what think it's so, called. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, it's not swappable, right? Like the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you can take out, apparently you can take the keys, the switches, the switches. out. Yeah. I don't really know that much about keyboards. I know there's a lot of people in the Discord that talk about building their own keyboards and crazy wackadoodle stuff that I have no clue about. I feel like how it's many, a little scrub. How many pins huh? can you put on it? Pins? Yeah, how many pen slots oh, does it have? Yeah, I have a. I, it does have a. It did come with a phone slot, so I can have better communication with my team. So that's pretty, pretty well, cool. Well, are you gonna drill holes in it so you can put pins on? Yeah, it? I'm gonna drill. It has. It's an aluminum base, so you can drill holes in it pretty easily. Nice. What a piece it's of crap! Soft, it didn't come a, with any pin holes. Yeah, it's a soft oh, metal. <laughs> so, um, it's full RGB, which is cool, and it actually has. You use the function key and like the buttons on here to change the. You don't actually have to have software. It's like built into the keyboard. So cool. it has like touch and breathe and like the thing where you type and it like shoots out whatever colors and stuff. That's it's cool. way more fancy than what I've had. So I'm going I'm coming from like having a Logitech keyboard that was obnoxiously loud with blue switches. And this has 
Gator Dunn brown switches. I think G- that's how you pronounce Gator, it. I think they're Gator switches, right? Gator Gatorons. Gator Gatorons. Yeah. I think it's called Gator Duns. That's what they're doing. They're getting their Duns Browns. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. I just wanted something that was quieter. It's a lot smaller, and my I kind of already miss parts of my Logitech keyboard because. It was one of those old school keyboards that had like the G keys on the side with macros and like all the extra like bells and whistles that you don't really need and you probably hardly ever use. But I'm just like used to having a much larger mm-hmm. keyboard. So it is going to be a little bit of a learning curve. It's yeah. a really good excuse for when I lose like Counter-Strike and Apex and stuff when I'm dying. Anyways. I got a new keyboard. It's if it's I'm blaming <laughs> this thing now. This is yeah, this is why I'm sucking. I can blame it for like the next three life. to four weeks at least. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, what I've been playing. So I beat Final Fantasy four. I know I talked a little bit about that. I was really close to it last episode when we recorded over Aren't the weekend. We still supposed to be playing Minish Cap. Yes. So I already beat Minish Cap a long time ago. That was, that was, we are, we're way ahead of the curve here. There's, there's several of us that are like racing to stay ahead of like, we're like months ahead. So, uh, so I beat Final Fantasy four. Uh, I give, I gave it a six out of 10. I'm not going to spoil anything. Cause we're not technically playing that until the, technically we're starting that the, the day this episode comes out. Yeah. So that's yeah. already done. Already beat that. I uh, started on Ocarina of Time, which is April's game. Uh, I beat the first three dungeons in Ocarina of Time. I'm sure pretty much almost everybody's played Ocarina of Time, except for PD3. It's his first time playing Ocarina of Time. Wow. I think, and Taluvius, I think it's also his first time playing Ocarina of Time. I'm interested to get their opinions on playing Ocarina of Time when you're older and when you have Mm -hmm. experience playing better games. (laughs) True. (laughs) Newer games, I guess I should say, because it's a product of its time and true controller. Also, but Ocarina of Time, I mean, I'm playing on PC with like 4K textures and stuff. For, yeah. for an N64 game, it is beautiful yeah. on PC. On PC, it looks fantastic. Uh, the music's still really great. The game, other than the camera, it suffers from N64-style camera nice. uh, issues. But the game plays fine. I mean, it, it there's a lot of nostalgia to it because I, I don't think I've beaten it since, like, 2000, 2001. Yeah. And so going through it, it's, like, hitting you with, like, whoa, I remember doing all of this. Like, it's your, that... It's like it's been 20 years, but I remember like it was yesterday. Like, oh, yeah, yep. that's how you fight that boss. That's where you have to go to do this dungeon. Yeah. So um, I am enjoying it for what it is. I'm trying not to use the fast forward feature unless I'm just running across the map for no reason, because the music, the soundtrack for Ocarina of Time is amazing. Like, it's yeah. one of the best gaming soundtracks of all time. I mean, the game has like a 98 on Metacritic and stuff because it probably deserved it at the time and still holds up to this day. If you're playing a PC N64 version, is probably is Duke. Yeah, because that controller is donkey kong country that's <laughs> so bad we'll talk about that later um the only other thing that i have been playing other random stuff i've been playing league a little bit got Yay. silver oh, got I hate to silver you. i hate you i wanted to bring that up because john's been stuck in bronze for a thousand years it i only got silver because i played like two games without john and then they just they're like you know what right to the top right to the top <laughs> like, you know so, what let's give him some good teammates <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically it, it literally was not me i just had i played two well, games in a row with really good teammates and they just carried me to silver well, and you and i had been playing a lot together and we <laughs> every time we play together we get the absolute worst people <laughs> in, in league it's like those people that are smurfing on a bronze that are actually iron <laughs> no it's someone that's like who picks up the game they're like huh i want to try league of legends today and they're like yeah we'll put you we'll put you in a ranked game yeah you're like what's ranked that sounds fun yeah. <laughs> this is where the fun begins. <laughs> All right, that's pretty much it. Dakota can go. Cool. I'm not gonna. Cool. I don't want to say too much about like 
Zelda and Final Fantasy because I'm way ahead of everybody. Yeah. So you'll whenever you get there, if you play it, at least I'll probably bring up Final Fantasy four more towards the middle end of next month. Just mm-hmm. what my thought process is, because I do have some things I want to say about it, but I don't want to spoil anything for the people that are still going to play it. Gotcha. So, yeah. Go cool beans. Well, I uh, kind of had the itch because a little while ago, I think in the discord we were talking about it. Jones was talking about how like every once in a while he just wants to play a Call of Duty campaign and there's just something about a Call of Duty campaign where it's like it's perfectly short and has a, a certain sense to it. You're shaking your head, but you had mentioned something like that. I have the only Call of Duty campaign I've ever beaten and played is World War Two and that was in twenty nineteen. No, I know, I get that. You were yeah, I may, you had I think said I may have been talking about, about just it. beating games and I wanted to play an FPS, so that's probably what brought it up. Okay. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Anyway, yeah. after he mentioned that, I also got the itch, kinda like the flu, where he just like passed it on to me. So it was uh it was a lunar sale, I think was it was ending. And mm-hmm. uh, I got Call of Duty uh, Advanced Warfare for $15. Yeah, yeah cuz you you talked about it last week. You were in the middle of playing it last week. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I beat it this week. Okay. Um The game came out in 2014. It is a product of its time for the PC version of it. Uh mm-hmm. because this is when they were kind of transitioning into putting more effort into the PC versions of <laughs> Call of Duty. Um and it kind of shows there's a lot of like weird things with it. But also the campaign in general. Like overall the game is good. You know, it's a mm-hmm. Call of Duty campaign. It's short, sweet. Uh, the sound or the audio design is like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the tech in it, like I said in last week's episode, mm-hmm. super cool. Like actually genuine thought was put into that stuff of like, yeah, this could definitely be a thing in the future. A um, couple things I wanted to touch on, though, is Gideon is your partner in that mm-hmm. uh, game. I felt I felt like he was a good partner, not as good as Soap was in yeah. the Modern Warfare franchise. Like but uh, mm-hmm. I thought Gideon was like a good partner. Like the back and forth was good. His characterization was pretty decent, as far as a Call of Duty campaign goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the AI in the game and the level design was probably some of the worst I've encountered in a Call of Duty game. Mm. I would have Gideon next to me fighting like the enemy ai and they would Uh run next to each other and run past each other turn around and shoot each other and still miss kind of like they're playing XCOM, and you know they got like a 95 (laughs) percent and then they just start shooting past them even though they're five feet away um that happened multiple times (laughs) and then the uh, the level design as i would pass gideon trying to kill somebody that's two feet in front of him uh, i'd be running down a hallway and then the level would just like I would get tripped up on something and then a meteor or like a not a meteor, uh, a, a rocket or like a whatever mortar, mortar. mortar would come down and kill me because I got stuck on something on the ground <laughs> and I got confused constantly about where to go. I'd constantly run outside the map and just die immediately or I'd run like oh straight God. into into gunfire because I thought they were my teammates because <laughs> somehow like they started coming in from behind us nice. like it was pretty bad. For a Call of Duty campaign, I was like, they did not spend a lot of time on this. Their budget went into <laughs> yeah. hiring Kevin Spacey. <laughs> well, I, I do want to bring up one thing about Call of Duty. So last week you're talking about you're trying to figure out uh, like 
who made what Call of Duty, like Infinity Ward and this was Sledgehammer, Sledge, Sledgehammer and Treyarch. And I know Wait. we were talking about we were talking about who makes yeah, the different Call of Duties, right? And I talked to I talked to Wagon and he said, I was listening to the episode and I was getting I was getting triggered because you guys are messing up who made what game. And then he's like, and then he's like, wait a second. That makes me just sound like a Call of Duty fanboy that I know all that. He's like, maybe I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and then I was talking, I started laughing. I was like, did you go in the bathroom and you start putting clown makeup on yeah. in the mirror? <laughs> it's like, it's like, I was like, please write us an angry email about us screwing up who makes a different Call of Duty. Yeah. She's like, wait, maybe I'm the problem. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think it was somebody else uh, who was listening to that episode asked me about like, ranking the call of duty campaigns that yeah. i played because i don't play yeah. the multiplayer anymore yeah because I, I played it on console and then i stopped basically after modern warfare <laughs> not for three <laughs> exactly yeah Ooh, sorry everyone that listens up no <laughs> triggered play um, whatever you want we don't care yeah i ranked it on the discord but it's like i don't know maybe a thousand messages ago <laughs> at yeah. this point yeah. <laughs> five million messages ago yeah this one um advanced warfare was pretty good for 15 bucks i'd say it was totally fine because like that, the multiplayer is dead at this point. It's from 2014. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. playing that anymore. And it's not it's one of the seven favorites. Seven years ago. No, definitely yeah, it's, not. Yeah. It's I remember not watching gameplay of it. Because I was like, man, I kind of want to play a multiplayer Call of Duty. And I was like, I watched mm-hmm. like Running on Walls. I was like, absolutely not. Pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, Titanfall exists. Never mind. That yeah, looks the, uh, tight, Titanfall with a quarter the size maps. Sounds fun to me. Let's get it. Yeah. 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 The exosuits are a lot of fun in the single player because you feel mm-hmm. like a god, like basically mm-hmm. flying around the map, like doing double jumps and stuff. But I totally understand how they ruin multiplayer. It's super oh, yeah. unpredictable, especially with like the Twitch shooter uh shooting mm-hmm. that this game has where you die in like yeah. three hits. Not not yeah, a it's good just, experience. It's just Titanfall. I mean that's a little It's Titanfall. a worse Titanfall. Yeah, it's way more close quarters Titanfall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the next game I tried out, I actually played with Jones. Uh, he mm-hmm. forgot to put it on his games played, so I wanted to get his input on this. Or mm-hmm. did you just not want to mention it? No, no, you can. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> I, I kind of forgot that it existed already. Oh, okay. So we were looking on Game Pass, and we wanted to download something on Game Pass. Oh, it was because we downloaded uh, Donut Country, mm-hmm. that like Katamari Damacy, not mm-hmm. clone pseudo wannabe game. Yeah, um, indie game. Indie game. So we were looking on Game Pass and we saw that Code Vein was recently added to it. So we both mm-hmm. downloaded it because it had co-op. co-op. And mm-hmm. Code Vein is supposed to be a Dark Souls game. Anime. Anime, Dark yeah. Souls. It, yeah, anime version of Dark Souls. Esque. My God, that game is so bad. <laughs> it, so in my like, opinion. Yeah. I thought that in game was opinion. supposed to be good. It is. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough around the edges. It's. I think the biggest thing in Dakota can elaborate on this I I feel like after playing so like after playing yes. through Dark Souls three and yes. through the first game after playing through Dark Souls three both like I've played through it twice yeah like after playing through that any other Souls like game I play it just feels jank yeah because <laughs> they're all the only other... of it I guess in the end huh yeah yeah the only much. other game that feels good is the Surge because it follows yeah. the Souls like formula so much whereas Code Vein is like yeah we kind of want to be a hack and slash but then we also want to have like a Souls-like experience, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work because it you... has. Oh, good. Because like every time you play Dark Souls, you're like, man, I want this to be easier so that I can like mm-hmm. play through it and like enjoy it a little mm-hmm. bit more. Well, yeah. I, you got that with Code Vein, and it was just boring. Well, I think I think it just has an identity crisis. Now I do have to say the intro cutscene has some like big tatas anime chicas like <laughs> helping you, and I was like, 
I, I, you have my attention. I don't know what's going on in this game. I must beat this. Yeah, it was like this. The storyline is like I felt like I got thrown into like the third season of an anime that's in yeah. Japanese, and I have no clue what's happening. Yeah, it was very generic as well. Yeah, it was generic, but also confusing at the same time. It's like, hey, you're a random guy. Go do this. And it's like, now you're a random guy with powers for some reason. It's like, a okay, pseudo vampire. Cool. Yeah, in a slightly post apocalyptic ruined mm-hmm. city. And like, I'm pretty sure I've seen some of those city assets in like every other indie game on Steam. Yeah. So the good things about Code Vein, the combat actually doesn't feel that bad. The yeah. the co-op, while the co-op has a lot of issues, we were able to connect to each other like instantaneously. Yeah. Like it was seamless. It's better than Dark Souls. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't have to like summon people and all that. I literally we set our passwords as the same thing. I put and out my yeah, I put out a signal and then I searched for his and then I immediately joined and he dropped in yeah. my game and we ran around. And we we're playing um, the co-op. They like really, really don't want you to play this game co-op. So, John, you know how, like, in Dark Souls, you go to bonfire to bonfire, right? Uh-huh. In this game, they have the same thing. It's, like, a, called a thistle, and you, like, activate it, and you can activate it like a checkpoint, but you cannot rest at it, and you cannot get your, your like, Estus Flash charges back. Like, you can't get heals, and whoever Either is one of the co-op... Neither one of us. And nope. whoever is yep. the co-op partner, they um, get half of their stats, like, half of their health, half of their charges and everything, right? As you go through the game... And then it's kind of like Dark Souls. So once you clear a boss, you can't summon them anymore. So the idea for co-op in this game is that you run through an entire map. You don't die. You don't take that much damage. You clear the boss and then you join the other person's game and do the exact same thing again. Basically, you're kind of almost not even. I don't even think that's the intended purpose because good luck trying to get through the. Now, it's not a hard game. But mm-hmm. there's it's janky a little bit. So yeah. good luck trying to get through the game on half your Estus flasks without yeah. getting hit and having enough yeah. to then clear the boss. So yeah. th- how they want you to do it is uh, hopscotch your way through the game mm-hmm. where you you get to one checkpoint, checkpoint with your teammate. The teammate then leaves the game and then you join their game, get them to the same checkpoint. You uh-huh. leave the game and then they do the other checkpoint for you. So you're literally going back and forth constantly so that you could just refill your stuff. And at that point, if if it's that easy to do that, then the way yeah. you've set up co-op is broken because yeah. that's a, a worse way to play the game. You know, I kind of feel like, because, you know, Dark Souls, you you lose half your SS flask when you join and then you can't mm-hmm. rest at bonfires. I don't understand why they make it that way. If you want to play the game co-op, play the game co-op. I do yeah. think if you decide to do that, just don't get achievements. You don't get the achievements yeah. to kill bosses so that some people who actually beat it the, the single-player way gets the achievements. Or, but if yeah. you decide to do co-op, then you don't... Or give, give or just, achievements for each one. I don't yeah, know. Just have a, have a separate have a separate achievements for Because other than that, what co-op. can you argue against being, being like, yeah, I beat it co-op because I like playing games with my friends. It's, yeah. it's there. They, well, made it, they make it hard on purpose because there's no reason that either one of those games should do anything like that. Yeah, you think, should be able I to just... alt tab or shift tab, right click Jones, join game. You're playing with Jones. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's how yeah. it should be for both those games because every other well, game in the yeah. world does that. Well, we have that. I, I don't know what episode it is. It's somewhere in the 30s or 40s, the Eastern yeah. versus Western game design, and that's literally a Japanese thing because it's Bandai Namco that makes Code Vein, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Cool, let's let's take like all the like cool features of dark souls and then do them worse and muddy them down and water them down and then put some anime titties on it and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and here you go. Here's code vein. So yeah. 
I do want to, I think, I, I think it's one of those games that I'm going to try to play it a little bit more and see if anything gets better for me personally, because I like that type of game. Mm-hmm. I like that type of souls like game. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, I'm gonna it. play. Eventually, I'm gonna play through the surge too as well because I beat the first yeah. game. Um, I it's one of those games that man, every time I'd go on sale on Steam for like 30, 40 bucks, I'm like, I really want to try it because it looks good and the reviews aren't terrible. Yeah, but I don't think any whoever's reviewing it, they're not playing it co op. They're playing it single player. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the way it's meant to be played. It's like, hey, we have co op, but we're like heavily punishing you for it and making it more time consuming to do it. Because that's one thing that Dakota was saying too, that like I could get to the final boss checkpoint and he could leave the game. I could heal, he could heal, and I could summon him back and then we could start. Oh, yeah, cool. it just doesn't make any sense. So it just makes it it just makes it more time consuming to do that. So you can do it. It's just like, why can't we just heal? Why can't we get to a checkpoint together and then just continue? If yeah. the game is easier because I choose to play it easier, then what's the point? Like, why does that matter to you mm-hmm. as a developer? It's like, yeah. no, we got to make the game hard. Like, why don't you... Why don't you actually let me enjoy your game for what it is? Yeah, I and the one good thing I have to say about the game because I I've already uninstalled it. I did not mm-hmm. enjoy the game. Um, the character creation is mm-hmm. by far the best anime character creation in a video game ever. Like there yeah, is so much intense. stuff to do, and the character models in that game actually look really good. Like the yeah. cell shading on it and whatnot is like a perfect mix between like uh like anime cartoon and then video game like 3d characters like they yeah. did that really really well so like they, that props they, on that because they, they did some money right. on that yeah, yeah, they, the their, their budget went into like the character customization for sure yeah. uh and then the last game i'm gonna touch on uh i'm actually gonna touch on it about the same amount of time that i played the game uh i tried out the new runescape that launched on steam you mean old school runescape no, 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 because there's a new version of it. RuneScape 3 or whatever it is. It, well, it just says RuneScape on it. But there's is the RuneScape the one that, the one that came out like yesterday? Yeah, there's the classic, and mm-hmm. then there's this other RuneScape. Yeah, this old school RuneScape is the original one. I don't know right. which one you played. Not the old school one. Okay, you played the one with like better graphics? Yeah, I yeah, played yeah. that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I played it for about five minutes, and then I quit and uninstalled it. Nice. Why? It's, it's not my game. Yeah, That's fair. It's old it's, and it's it's more like I mean when I played that game that it blew my mind how good it was. That's a yeah. game you play be, when you when Steam doesn't exist or when you have dial <laughs> yeah. up internet. Yeah, when you have dial up <laughs> internet. Like I said when I like, first when I first played that game I couldn't put it down. I thought it was the best game I've ever played. And so did most people. Well because when I get this, that this, it came out in like, like the 90s. No, early 2000s. Early like 2001 or 2002, I think. Okay. But it was like a Java game that you can play in your browser. It was yeah. the first like big browser kind of like MMO. And yeah, it looks janky and everything. But back in the day, everything was janky, dude. Like, yeah, no one. Had, everything was a disaster <laughs> back then. I remember I, I, you know, I used to play it and there was a random it had like random encounters that would appear next to you just while you're playing. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a chicken and it spawned next to you and just kill you and it would go away. <laughs> and it was just a, that was a random thing that would just happen and all your stuff's gone and like or half your stuff's gone and you're like cool well wow. thanks i guess <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I booted it up and you know if you played runescape you probably have a flood of memories coming back to you mm-hmm. the feel of well, the game like the movement system it's very similar to movement systems in games now but wasd does not work the way i want it to no and that that was game and that was like messing with me. I was getting pissed off just because I wasn't able to like move, go precisely. move the way yeah. I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah. I, and then also I'm playing on a 1440p monitor and they're like, oh, use the mini map to click where you want to go and you, your character will automatically go there. And I'm like, I'm like two inches away from my monitor because the mini map is about, I don't know, one thirty two. 32nd of the size of my screen up in the top right corner and i can't even yeah. see like where i want to click <laughs> to have my character go <laughs> you're too you're too elite to play runescape yeah, yeah 1440p monitor for all the improvements they did to this like new version of the game there's no hud scale so it's like yeah it's like as small as it can possibly be on my people screen are still, <laughs> people are still playing on crts bro that's why yeah well good transition from well, something like I, runescape i have go one ahead more. john i forgot okay. about, I, I forgot about one game i beat star wars battlefront 2 oh nice oh, um nice. i did rush through it i did not skip every cutscene i i did skip every cutscene i just didn't enjoy it i just beat it to beat it and mm-hmm. uh the what didn't you enjoy about it huh what didn't you enjoy about it <sighs> for Everything. one your your <laughs> friendly ai or brain dead they don't do anything they don't yeah, kill people awful. i'm pretty sure they don't kill anybody like i definitely yeah. had to kill everybody myself um <laughs> jokes I, on you everybody's a stormtrooper i thought yeah. the space battle I, like the space or ship scene or ship levels were battles really, they're stupid they're pointless uh like you just go fly this blow up this thing and then you kill some tie fighters and they're done and like mm-hmm. i what kill else you do in space no big deal. huh <laughs> you just kill millions no big deal yeah, like you at one point you blow up these like fuel these like there's three star destroyers fueling and you kill you blow up the fueling thing and all three star destroyers kill you like explode and you're like okay there's like fifty thousand people I just killed and, <laughs> uh, like you and one other person did that by yourself and it's like so they're not defending themselves while you're just blowing everything up okay you're like now this is pod racing <laughs> oh I remember one thing that really bothered me I'll say this quick because I know we're we're already going pretty far into this but yeah uh leia's a pilot in that game <laughs> bothering I'm, so much apparently she's also a jedi in the sequels too so i mean but yeah. her midi chlorine she's, she's, off she's flying charts. into <laughs> she's flying into boost starfighter and she's flying it around it's like oh so john told me this and he got so upset <laughs> I, maybe it's because i fly an aircraft for a living but like mm-hmm. No, like people just can't pick up a something and fly like and she's not a pilot anywhere at all in anything i've ever seen so like and she's like psh, like flying something and going flying to Barcelona new far Naboo Starfire. I'm like, okay, so they're just giving her everything. <laughs> well, okay, she's not she's not actually flying it. She's not using the joystick. She's just using the force to push it around. <laughs> like she pulled herself back yeah. in from space. <laughs> no, she, the Leia trying to start up the new new boost starfighters that give it's working, it's working. Like, yeah. just blows up. <laughs> Spinning, that's oh, a good man. trick. I don't know why it bothered me so much. I just think that it's like okay, so she's got she can do that now. It's like that's like n- flying is another yeah incredibly another difficult. And it's just thing. it's not another skill that she's n- you never you never seen anything. So I was like, oh okay, yeah. yeah. And but I made a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. <laughs> She's not flying that ship either. Hey, <laughs> okay. One thing I want to ask John about before, because we've been going on forever. The best mission in the game, which was Lando. Exactly. He is way overpowered. For <laughs> He's some <reason>. so broken. <laughs> like, okay, so you play as Han Solo, and I just shoulder tar- charged so many people, <laughs> and I actually shoulder charged a lot just because it got me through the level faster. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Leia, sure, she had a really. Sh- strong kit her gun was super oh. strong yeah she had a gun that she could get a like infinite ammo blaster and just shoot it forever and just like cool let me just yeah. mow down like everyone yeah she has a gun she goes 
And she just sits there and you just moat. I had to have killed probably at least a couple hundred stormtroopers. Like she yeah, just murdered everybody. Yeah, she's like, she should be under arrest. She's just you know, how, you know how that's in, like, a war the, in, in episode four, like they shoot that ring laser gun at her, it goes wah, 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 and just like, and she yeah. falls over. That doesn't yeah. happen. She just murders everybody, <laughs> and she just force choking people. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. And then Lando has the. Uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption screen. power, where he just like can murder everybody in the screen in one shot. He's like, <laughs> he has, it's, no, he has he's McCree. He has McCree power. Yeah, it's McCree yeah. too. Where you tar- you target five o'clock. people, like it's twelve o'clock. Shoot <laughs> 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 everybody. But his right click, yeah. where he has night vision or heat heat vision like or whatever, heat vision? Yeah. is broken. Because I just yeah, you, headshot, 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 headshot. Yeah, right, you cool. literally throw you throw it on a smoker day, and the stormtroopers like, "Where'd it go? Oh my god, where'd it go?" And you just like sit there, and you're like, "All right, pew, 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 pew. kill everyone." You're like, "That well, hey, that was." I easy. did think they made the main character chick like way too strong because like you're literally going into a space battle at the end, and you go land, save everybody, and kill everybody. Take back off, go to another spot, land, kill everybody, save everybody, <laughs> pick up, land on like crash on a star destroyer. Blow everybody up, kill everybody, which is normal, I guess, for FPS games. But she's like just absurdly strong and Inferno Squad, Inferno Squad for the win. <laughs> anyway, yeah. All right. Well, okay. Let's get into this main topic. I know that we were talking about that forever. Okay. Before we get into this main topic, two things. One, earlier today I was listening to our episode from last week, and we we're talking about that Comcast truck blowing up as you drove away, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I laughed so much in real life today listening to that. <laughs> if you have not listened to last week's episode, you're listening to this. Please go listen to last week's episode because that part was amazing. One of my one of my better jokes, I think. Yeah, we. Li- I I think Dakota and I literally had to like stop, like force ourselves to stop laughing to continue recording the podcast because I wanted to laugh so much more on the show. Okay, another thing on this. So basically, we're going to talk about this is PC hardware slash software history, nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty nine, and uh, basically, I'm kind of going to be hosting this mini series over the next i think we're doing one a month up until we're caught up to 2020 mm-hmm. 2021 yes. to modern day basically yeah. um so one thing we didn't we didn't really want to go farther back than 1980 because as far as the podcast is concerned we're more into gaming focused stuff and really before that not really anything's happening um they were using is, like vacuum tubes and, yeah. and all this crazy yeah. stuff and you know there's like pong and stuff but it's like nothing like crazy even in the 80s there's not really that much stuff i mean like it was 85 when mario came out so it's like yeah we don't need to go back a lot of that was arcade games and stuff too so really what we're going to focus on is hardware and software but by software i mean stuff like you know windows and dos and stuff like that yeah and obviously Absolutely. as we progress uh, I think later on in the year, we are somewhat planning to do a PC gaming history, kind of the same style, but probably not that many, probably not as many episodes, but that will be coming in the future and that will be more focused on actual PC games. Um, so before we start with 1980, we're going to go one year at a time. Pretty much what I did as far as research is I just grabbed anything I thought was interesting worth talking about one year at a time. And so that's kind of how we're going to progress. And and it's there's so much stuff in here that I had no clue even existed or happened because this is before <laughs> this is like literally ten years before I was born, and yeah. it's just it's just crazy the amount of stuff that happened over time where we're like, oh, we take all this stuff for granted. It's like, oh, why would you use VGA? That's disgusting. And it's yeah. like VGA is the height of technology. <laughs> well, and if I'm being honest too, 
anybody who's listening is going to probably think the same thing. Mm -hmm. I honestly think technology progressed way faster in the 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. than it has in like the past 10 decades. Because we're going to be going over year by year and it's just going to be overwhelming the amount of like crap that has like just started and like like wildfire just like went crazy. People were inventing new stuff left, right and center. Like every month, something crazy new was invented. Whereas today it's like, yeah, new CPUs are coming out in the next year. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's and I mean, we've kind of hit that. We've kind of hit a weird wall where it's like, yeah, we got stuff like, you know, M.2 and we're slowly getting faster drives and, you know, USB 5.2.4 by 4 and all that other <laughs> crap, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're getting like new adapter types and like new feature sets and stuff like that. But it's not like, oh, I invented a new computer. <laughs> like, right. whoa, okay. It's like, here's I a new protocol like, that's going to set the standard for like the next yeah. 40 years. And like, that yeah. doesn't really happen anymore. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, the closest thing we get to is like, oh, we got like USB C and then, you know, something right. like that. Or it's like, yeah. you know, uh, we're we're working on you know like stuff that dakota said last week like we're working on like ddr5 and ddr6 and 7 mm-hmm. and all that stuff's like eventually going to come out whatever but this is like we're inventing everything that's like the framework for everything we still use today and there's stuff yeah. that we still use today and it's just been evolved over the past you know 40 years or so yeah one thing i was going to say before we start again there oh my is, god it's like no, no. six things before six we caveats. start <laughs> okay i just want to say this i'm going to be saying the word mips probably a lot ish and that stands for million instructions per second yeah and so if i say mips that's what that means and that's basically dakota how can probably a, tell you what that how means. fast a processor can can basically do stuff yeah so it's, a, it's a way to calculate means. the speed of something all right finally we're gonna start we're in everybody put on your thinking caps go back in time with us we're in 1980 uh you're going you're you're trying to scrounge up quarters to go to the arcade Trying to play the hit new games that are coming out. Nickel. Like, Marty, nickel we gotta go back. Good. Oh, Nick. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're nickels. Were they even quarters back then? I don't I even think know. Yeah, nickels. no, they were nickels. Oh, man. A quarter was like, they play all day. All yeah. day. <laughs> you go up to the counter, you're like, dude, you gotta change for a quarter. Like, man, come on. I gotta change for a quarter. <laughs> I don't got that kind of change in the register, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Breaking I'm, the bank. I'm trying, to get, trying to get robbed around here. What the hell? <laughs> okay. This so kid's now, walking around with a $5 bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 1980 uh commodore released the vic 20 which had 3.5 kilobytes of usable memory and was based on the moss technology 6502 processor don't know what any of that means <laughs> so so that's just some crazy but the thing that i thought was funny is like dude 6.5 kilobytes of usable memory oh 3.5 yeah, yeah 3.5 yeah sorry not 6.5 yeah. And so they started printing magazines for this that actually had the code that you actually had to manually input to run things on it. Yeah. So like they would be like, oh, subscribe to our magazine so you can play a game on your computer. And you have to like <laughs> manually code it yourself, basically. Yeah. It had a five and a quarter inch floppy drive. Those old B drives that are basically like mm-hmm. a floppy that got like pancaked out with the rolling pin. If you've and if you've uh, if you were born. Oh, my God. If you were born in twenty in two thousand, you're twenty one years old. Yeah, I know. You're an adult. <laughs> you're an adult. Oh, I hate that. Okay, if you were born uh around twenty ten, basically a floppy drive is the save icon in games. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it literally it's is. It's funny oh, that's still the same thing. Yeah. 
This thing, all this bad boy, also came equipped with a cassette storage system that uses standard audio cassette tapes. Because nice. John, that's what they used for storage back in the day. You pop in a cassette tape, and that was your like basically your pseudo hard drive. That's insane. Interesting. That's this crazy, thing, man. This thing had a number of games: a color plotter, which printed on six-inch wide paper tape, a graphics mm. tablet, aka the koala pad. <laughs> Okay, did you look into that at all? Because I, huh? I actually wanted to check out the koala pad. I'm like, there's no way that one of the first computers... Oh my god, yeah. Okay, if you click on that link there, it actually shows mm-hmm. you an image. Left click on it. It oh, okay. actually looks like a super 80s, like, Wacom tablet. Oh, wow. Thing. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's like this the, was back OG, in the 80s. OG drawing tablet, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. So, the reason why we're bringing this up, because you're listening to this and you're like, who would ever buy this? monstrosity this was the first this was the first computer to ever sell a million units wow and this was like this was like oh my god this is the height of technology what does charlie say critical what does he say oh yeah (laughs) this is exactly what i wanted (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's just i'm i'm reading this and my mind's just getting blown and i'm like in 1980 they're like dude have you seen my koala pad holy crap this thing's amazing watch this and you like draw a line and then it slowly appears on your screen you're like oh my god this i mean is think about it, like the, the actual input to be able to do that was probably staggering because like you oh, said yeah. they probably like hey check i can draw a line on this and it appears on my computer when and you're like, like yeah. oh <laughs> you're like oh dude hang on my my kiss hey i gotta rewind my cassette tape and re- erase my hard drive <laughs> what's, that, what's that video of that guy he's like oh like shaking his head and no. <laughs> uh, oh, man. okay so actually when we uh were thinking about this topic i was like dude one really good show to watch to experience everything that we're going to talk about here is halt and catch fire yes. i don't I, what do you know what platform that's on it's on it's on Netflix. Is it Netflix? Okay. It it's on Netflix or maybe it, Hulu. No, no, no. It it was originally it was on Netflix, but the whole series is on Netflix now as of like two okay, days ago. Cool. It's it is a series it's a really good show. Yeah. Uh basically about a company back in the the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. who is like programming their first mm-hmm. like operating system. Yeah, and they're it like it is super good. Yeah, and it's set. Yeah, and basically, like Texas Instruments is in there, and they're trying yeah. to they're trying to like make one of the first laptops in the show. Yeah, and it, if you if you are yeah, Dakota hit the nail right on the head. That is a one. It's a great show. Lee Pace is in it, and he's awesome in the show. But not only that, like this is like the height of all this technology we're gonna go over today. Is like the first couple of seasons. Actually, all the seasons pretty much. Yeah, and that you get the same really feelings that they had back then because to order this Commodore, mm-hmm. you you had to like mail it. open up a magazine yeah you either had to mail in an order or you would open up a magazine and call, call the company and order it that way yeah and I, dude i don't even i mean i guess they had credit cards back then they'd be probably like mail them mail them check. a check yeah mm-hmm. yeah no they would probably just write down your information yeah <laughs> and they're like what's what's a identity theft what's that yeah <laughs> well uh, we'll get RF? to that we'll get to that in a little bit we have that in an rf id what is that all right, the next the next big thing, and I only have two real big uh, game things on here, is mm-hmm. on May 22nd of 1980, Pac-Man was released. Oh, The boy. original Pac-Man was released. That's crazy. Game. And that's just crazy because, you know, waka, 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 you know, Pac-Man? Dude, that guy yeah. was big, kind of a big deal. Kind of <laughs> a big deal. Um, 
So, and then it was ruined with that uh, Pixel movie that came out. Oh, yes. Adam, was it Adam Sandler? <laughs> Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was ruined like 40 years later by a yeah. terrible movie. Um, so, also 1980, the development of MS-DOS slash PC-DOS began. Microsoft, known mainly for their programming languages, were commissioned to write operating system for the PC. So, little known company. Yeah, just a small company. It's not really, they don't really relevant anymore. But they're they're around. So in 1980, they started working on DOS, which ended up, in case you didn't know, ended up eventually becoming Windows, which is, is a small operating system a couple of us use around here. If you don't the use frame- Linux, you're stupid. Yeah, the framework for the future, basically. So this is another thing that I didn't really know what this was when I read it. So Redbook on audio CDs was introduced by Sony and Philips, and they actually were working on this together. And I didn't really understand what that was. But that was the beginning of the compact disc. In 1980, compact discs didn't even exist. So what Redbook is, Redbook is like the international protocol that was the very ri- first original one that was made by Sony and Philips working together that everybody, the, basically the standard you would use to write compact discs so, so computers and everything could read them. That's like, that's like the original OG, like, this is what everybody has to do so that way they'll work with everything. That's like the Sony standard. work together with somebody else. Yeah, with Philips. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a, yeah. So and that was released. Uh, would, would you call that crossplay? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Finally, Sony has crossplay in 1980. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, what the heck is Redbook audiobook? I was like, yeah. Redbook is audio CD. But it's still crazy to think that in 1980, it's like they're using computers with cassette tapes and like CDs don't even exist. And the fact that now in 2021. CDs now don't exist again either, basically. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all use flash drives, and even those are going extinct because everything yeah, is it's just in the cloud and everything yeah, is downloaded now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy to think that from us basically getting CDs to probably like I don't know, like what 2015, 2016 is when they really started getting like yeah. to where where cases weren't even yeah. having like oh, CD yeah. drives around that. You know, it's like sometimes you get a motherboard and you have a CD, you're like toss that in the frisbee. Cool. What was this yeah. for? <laughs> We had CDs for a good like twenty to twenty five years. Oh, at least. I mean, and there's still a lot of stuff that's put on CD, mm-hmm. but yeah. a lot of stuff is just all you know available online now. It's just easier to download it because yeah. by Sorry, the time discs, not yeah, CDs, because DVDs and and whatnot are different. Yeah, because the thing is, is like by the time you think about it, like even for a game, by the time you have a game now, you put it on discs or DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever the heck mm-hmm. it is, and you ship it to someone, you're already gonna have patches and stuff for it that basically yep. you might have just the install files and then you need to patch it anyway so it's kind of pointless yeah it's just crazy yeah. it's like yeah i was like what 1980 they're like just beginning to work on cds all right so now we're moving to 1981 1980 was getting a little spicy to the 81s everything's basically leading up to 1985 was like the massive explosion year for technology for yeah. everything uh but in 81 uh, IBM announced their open architecture IBM personal computer. A hundred thousand orders were taken by Christmas. The design becomes far more successful than IBM had anticipated. It becomes the basis for most of the modern personal computer industry. So basically, hmm. IBM's like, hey, we're going to get into the personal computer market because before that, they just made like giant monstrosity servers for all these huge companies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let's just make personal computers. And it just exploded. It's kind of crazy I, that. I kind of oh. feel like in a lot of like old. 80s movies you see a lot of ibm computers in them yeah. when they're using yeah. computers yeah because yeah. they took off here yeah and also 
one of the most coveted uh, keyboards out there are mm-hmm. actually is actually a keyboard that was made by IBM. Mm-hmm. I, I forget what it is. It's like eighty eight hundred, I think something like something like that. The OG mechanical keyboard. The OG mechanical keyboard. Like I'm pretty sure it used a membrane kind of switch or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, this is it's like the keyboard that like keyboard enthusiasts are like this mm-hmm. is the best typing experience ever it's I'm like, like okay made out of like lead paint and like <laughs> yeah. pl- pl- plutonium or something every time you every click time it, you... asbestos just powders out <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> I was about to say that <laughs> so also with ibm's personal computer they introduced uh mda which is monochrome display adapter nice. that gave you a text only on your screen so that was like mind-blowing because every other computer Think when you think about a computer back in the day, even the Commodore Vic twenty was it Vic twenty? It's just a like it looks like a giant typewriter. That's all it is. A computer is, and then yeah. you know eventually you get to the computers, which we'll get to where they actually have like a monitor built in and everything. But these old computers are just like it's just a big hefty keyboard with like a bunch of like explosives waiting to explode. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, it's yeah. like it's they're all sleeper builds, is what we're talking about. <laughs> um also 1981 ms dos 1.0 launches so and also pc dos 1.0 yeah pc dos which i don't really know what the difference is but apparently they're different but i wrote <laughs> that on here so that might be different. well ms is microsoft's version of, of i DOS. gotcha okay uh so compared to modern versions of dos which i don't know what modern versions would be now do people still use dos today <laughs> not really Version 1 was very basic. The most notable difference was the presence of just one directory, the root directory. So imagine you have a C drive. That's all you have. You just have a C drive. Uh, <laughs> but back e- then it was the A drive. Oh, because wow. what, oh, Yeah, do you know where the C drive comes from? Uh-uh. No. It was the third floppy disk that you had to put in, and that was the one that you saved oh, your files to. Interesting. So that's why it starts with a C drive. It just kept it, basically. Because yeah, you put in yeah. A first, and then it would have you put in B, mm-hmm. and then it would have you put in C, and C was like where you saved all your stuff, I'm pretty sure. Nice. Yeah. So, which is funny, with MS-DOS and PC-DOS 1.0, it's super, super basic. So, you didn't even have subdirectories until 1983, <laughs> whatever, like, the newer <laughs> version 2.0 comes out, which we'll get to. But it's just crazy that dos being this super super basic thing to us today back then was like oh my god this is amazing this is like some some people are like ah yeah working a computer on dos is too complicated yeah and today we're like you know we have like six hard drives and we got folders and folders and folders so like somebody back then they'd be like how do you find anything i'm like i have it all organized what are you talking about (laughs) they have everything imagine i mean because i remember playing like doom back in the day like on Mm -hmm. dos forever ago so like you would have your files up there but you'd have to type like doom forward slash doom.exe like slash start and enter and then it would actually like start the thing instead of like we're so spoiled now by like clicking icons because the thing is with windows too and everything that we have today it's doing the exact same thing it's just all hidden behind like layers of ui of ui graphical user interface yeah Yeah, exactly and we'll get to that in a little bit too that gets real spicy foreshadowing oh foreshadowing i love when that happens <laughs> so ms dos was the main operating system for all ibm pc compatible computers until microsoft released windows 95 kind of a big deal because windows 95 spoiler alert didn't come out until like windows 95 <laughs> 15 which, years later so having a 15 Almost. year like death grip and ibm being basically at this point probably the largest computer manufacturer in the world yeah. at this point in time i mean because 
they did servers and stuff and they kind of stayed out of the personal computer market and they're like, hey, you know what? Screw it. Let's get into it. And like within them announcing it, I think within like the first month, they had 100,000 orders, which at this point, there's tons of companies selling personal computers and there are so many bad ones. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, It's like this is kind of and I think we'll be able to get to it when we do the PC gaming stuff. And in the 80s was like 70s, 80s was like notorious for everyone just making terrible stuff and then just kind <laughs> of getting away with it because everyone was just like, let's throw crap at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, yeah. 100%. Technology and hardware was the exact same way. There's so many computers and different companies that like do not exist now. And you're like, wait, what? That happened? It's like, oh, this they sold like 500,000 of these and, and then they just went defunct and no one ever heard of them again. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, wow. And you, you'd you see that too in, in Halt and Catch Fire. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of shady stuff that happened back oh, then. Oh, yeah. So um, in 1994, MS-DOS was running on some 100 million computers worldwide. And those... Wow. Those basically 14, 13, 14 years, they had DOS on 100 million computers. That's insane. That's, That's insane. <laughs> that is back in well, the 80s. Well, because there was probably what, like three or four billion people in the world at that point? Mm-hmm. Well, but the thing is, that's crazy is that IBM didn't even get into the personal computer space until 1981. So it, by 1994, 100 million people had IBM DOS computers. That means that in 13 years, they sold 100 million IBM computers to people. Yeah. Well, no, is... it's not just... I. Wait, is that only on IBM? Huh? Oh, yeah, it is. IBM yeah. PC... Wow, how did they <laughs> fall from grace like that? Holy well, crap. I think IBM is... IBM is obviously still massive. They just they just shifted yeah. to servers and stuff. And Watson. Yeah, I know. But they shifted because they started not doing well. No, no, okay. So I think we're reading this wrong. According to Microsoft, DOS is running on 100 million computers. They're not all IBM. Yeah, yeah. IBM is just only using DOS. So that's oh, why they're a little yeah. tricky. They're a little tricky. The first section there you have is yeah. IBM PC compatible computers. Yeah. Uh, another thing that happened in 1981 that's huge is TCP IP protocol was established. This is the protocol that carries most information information across the internet that we still literally use today. This yeah. is it's a it's a newer version of it. It's been heavily yeah. changed, but yeah. it is the like, this is when it started, basically. Yeah. Basically, the framework for the internet started in 1981, which is just of crazy. Sending packets of information yeah. back and forth to one another. And I remember in the crazy. 90s, like, you know, you're playing Age of Empires and you're like, oh, uh, what are we connecting? Are we doing direct connect or are we doing TCP IP? Like, oh, TCP IP, yeah. give me your IP so we can connect. <laughs> you literally, we literally had to do that the other day playing Counter Strike Go. Like, hey, oh, when you yeah. join a community server, oh, just give me the IP and we can direct connect. And just type yep. in the IP like that still happens today. Mm-hmm. And I know yep. and I, as Dakota said, obviously, it's a way newer version of everything. But it's like this is the original TCP IP. And I know people listen to this that are a little bit older, too, are like, this is wild. It's just <laughs> this stuff <laughs> yeah. is just like blows my mind that this even exists. Mm-hmm. So another huge, huge thing in 81 Xerox developed the star system, the first commercial system to use use a wimp which is Windows icons, menus, and pointing devices, graphic user interface. Because up to this point, everything's just been text-based. For DOS, yeah. everything is just typing. Um, Apple incorporated many of these ideas, aka stole. They're in the development of the interface <laughs> of the Apple Lisa. So, as a lot of people know, and if you've seen, there's tons of movies Not... about this and stuff. Oh. Um, 
basically Xerox was like doing printers and trying to get someone to the computer market, but they weren't really trying to get in the computer market. They just had people that were working on this uh, user interface and they're like the people that invented the mouse, basically like literally the cursor to you move a mouse around and it moves around and everyone's like, this is amazing. <laughs> and what? nobody nowadays knows that because Apple's marketing was so good that mm-hmm. everybody thinks Apple was the, was mm-hmm. the first company to invent the graphical user interface and the yeah. pointing device. Yeah. So I, I, and I don't remember exactly, but I want to say that Apple like bought that from Xerox. They either bought it, they bought the rights to it or something. No something like that happened. I think they paid like 25 grand for it. <laughs> when, Ab- <laughs> when, when Apple was still like pretty like small potatoes at this yeah. point, they weren't huge, I no but I think they saw this like, Oh, we're going to use it. And then like, Things whoever works at Xerox, if they're still alive, they're like Suicide Watch still, for, <laughs> for real, because they like they screwed up big time by just selling that. <laughs> oh man, it's like literally what we still use today. Mm-hmm. And before that, everything was text based. And I I remember watching. I can't remember what the movie. It's not one of the new like Steve Jobs movies, but it's like an older movie where they. It's like Bill Gates, Jobs versus uh. Uh, what's his job oh. versus gates some older movie right this is from Wait, like yeah. is early it the, 2000s is it oh it's not the one about steve jobs no life, no this is like Ash, this is like Ash an older plays? one that's like literally about the rise of apple versus microsoft okay um, yeah. but they have a scene in there where like steve jobs or whoever's playing steve jobs and they're talking to xerox and they're showing it to him and he's like trying to like hide his excitement in there because he's like holy crap they're like yeah we have this and yeah. we think it's kind of cool and and apparently the bosses at Xerox thought that computers were going to be like a complete waste of time. So the people I at, love that the develop, <laughs> I love that so the, much. The developers from and this is from the movie, but I'm sure this is all based off of like true story and everything. The developers developed it, thought they had a good idea, but because they developed it at Xerox for them, they couldn't do anything about it. Right. So Apple or whoever convinced Xerox bosses that was like some cowboy or something, you know, probably had six shooters yeah. shooting the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> he he convinced them. He was like, "Well, this is basically worthless." And he was like, "We'll pay. How about we give you twenty five thousand dollars for the rights?" And they're like, "Sold. That's a good deal because no one's ever going to use this." And he was like, "Ah, you got scammed." And Apple's like, "Oh my god, are you kidding I'm, me?" I, then, I made this. I yeah. made this. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> look and at then what the I made. The CEO of Xerox, a uh, little known fact, actually moved over to Blockbuster. <laughs> Uh, and then when Netflix approached Blockbuster, <laughs> he also denied purchasing Netflix. <laughs> and then Shot after in the air. that, he was never heard from again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now he works for Hulu or something, Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's basically all that happened in 1981. Pretty big. TCIP established. Like, yeah. icons, menus established. DOS has come in, out. In, yeah. Yeah, IBM yeah, IBM's like slipping sneaking their way into personal computer space. Everyone's like, it's getting a little hot and heavy. We're only we're mm-hmm. like two years in, boys. So <laughs> 1982 was somewhat of a slower year. Um, but the biggest thing that happened in 1982 was that Commodore, which is one of the largest PC developers in the at world the at the time, they're massive yeah. at the time, uh, unveils the Commodore 64 at the uh CES. Which Dakota and I have episode like episode two of the podcast. CS in Las Vegas. Don't Um, listen to it. It's dated as well. Don't listen to it. Yeah, it's pretty not hype. Oh wait, are they even having CES this year? Did they Uh, cancel? Every everything is like online basically. Oh. Yeah. So this thing had sixty. Wait, CES already happened. Yeah, everything was just uh, online. Oh, okay. 
So this thing was the Commodore 64 was fire when it came out, dude. This thing had a uh, 64k of RAM. K isn't kilobytes, Not, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, plus kilobits. 16 kilobits. Yeah, plus 16k of switchable Is ROM. I don't know what that even means. I don't no, know that's what switch- be bytes. I thought that was switchable RAM too, but it said ROM on there, so I'm not really sure what that means. Uh, yeah, that, my brain isn't working right it also, now. It also had basically had integrated uh, Intel HD graphics. <laughs> <laughs> no, it had video integrated circuit and had it basically had built in video and sound at the time, which was like crazy because then yeah. you didn't have to have all this extra side stuff to get it to work. Yep. Um. So. Uh, I'll get it. I, there's a part on here, but I'm going to get to it because I wrote it down below. Um, okay. Also, IBM launched the double-sided 320 kilobyte floppy disk drive. This thing. Wow. Fire. This thing. <laughs> so much storage. How would you ever fill that up with anything? 320 kilobytes now is like a tiny picture on Discord. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. So there's there's actually a really interesting. Um, is it called a conundrum? Or no, I don't know what it is. Maybe you'll you'll find the word for it where uh, calligraphy. there's a picture of Mario, mm-hmm. uh, like of the sprite. Yeah. And it's a JPEG. Mm. And the JPEG is uh, is takes up more storage than the original Mario game, game. takes up. Yeah. Yeah. What is that called? It's not a conundrum. It's or, called like uh, I said calligraphy, but that was 100 percent. That's calligraphy <laughs> is, that's is drawing tech. really nice. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like comparison like really nice is that what you're saying Thank i mean you. it's a comparison yeah but it there's like a weird thing for it like a thought experience if uh, you know kind of thing uh let us know on discord yeah join the join us. the discord and let us know because we are <laughs> we're morons <laughs> we, need help. we need all the help we can get okay so going back to the commodore 64 because that was a huge thing the commodore 64 released later in 1982 it retailed for 595 us dollars that's actually uh, not bad Back, yeah. back in the 80s. Yeah. The price rapidly dropped, creating a price war because there's so many other computers on the market and uh, it caused the departure of numerous companies from the home computing market. That's what I was saying. This this time is like notorious for like everybody starting their home computer stuff and everyone's using the exact same parts. Yeah. It's just like different names. It's like Joe Schmo's Computer Emporium, and it's like he's selling desktops. Great. <laughs> it's like, what do they do? They have DOS on them, and you can type, right. and it sounds cool. But uh, like computers back then were like thousands of dollars. Yeah. So the fact really? that this came out at like 600 bucks back in the day. And then they dropped the price. They kept dropping the price to be competitive. Yeah. So, I mean, they were selling at inflated price at the time, but they kind of were trying to dominate the market. So mm-hmm. during its its... It's what they're calling lifetime, I guess, like whenever they're manufacturing and stuff. Yeah. Of 1982 to 1984. Just in those two years, it sold 17... 1982 to 1994. Oh, sorry. 1994. My bad. So, yes, yeah. it's actual lifetime. It's estimated to sell at least 17 million units. <laughs> which, Insane. Which is, it's the best-selling computer model of all time, the Commodore 64. Which the thing right. is now, even, even people like younger kids and stuff... A lot of people have heard of the Commodore 64. Yeah. Like, it's the thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Commodore, yeah. I don't think exists anymore. I think they've been nope. dead for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, But it's just it's just crazy because they're like, oh, yeah, I remember playing stuff in my Commodore 64 and, like, putting the cartridge in mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, what are you talking about, Grandpa? You need to take your meds. And 
if you've ever seen one too uh and correct me if i'm wrong it's the perfect example of like an 80s electronics mm-hmm. machine yeah, where yeah. It, like it's really boxy and it has like a wood grain finish mm-hmm. on yeah, it like nice <laughs> it's great. like yes that yes. is that is what my basement looked like yeah. back in my old house <laughs> it goes great with my wood paneling back in the day yeah yeah you can it's you like, can click you know, on it and get to see a picture of it oh yeah yeah it's basically uh, just like a it's just like a, keyboard. He- a hefty keyboard Oh yeah, okay. No, so this I, one no. isn't the one th- I was thinking, thinking of. You're thinking of the Atari 2600, is what you're thinking of. Yes, that's, that's what, what it is. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, it's yeah. basically like this one is a gray. Uh, yeah, this a is massive, like massive, chunky gray keyboard. Basically. This, yeah, basically, this is the this is the computer slash keyboard. When someone like breaks in your house, you pick it up and you just beat the hell out of them with it, <laughs> yeah. and you kill them because it weighs like 40 pounds. Probably it's considered a you weapon. Just, you just throw it across the room and it just goes through their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that happened in 1982, worth noting, is that MIDI, Musical Instrument Digital Interface, pronounced MIDI, uh, unlike like witty, uh, published by the <laughs> International MIDI Association, apparently that exists, uh, came out. And it's basically like when you hear old, like basically like Mario and Chibi like tunes and chip tunes and all this stuff, that's using MIDI. Like that's MIDI format. So it's I had no idea like about this. I like I have no knowledge of any of this. Oh really? This is new to me, yeah. So like the old Final Fantasies that we've been playing in like the old Zelda games, like they're using MIDI. So like think anything like Atari NES, like all that music is MIDI. Eight bit. Like eight bit. That's cool though. Basically. Yeah. So this is whenever it like actually came out. So that's why all the music and everything. And this whenever this I mean, I used to play the older Final Fantasies. If you played on like NES and stuff, you're like Man, this music is so good. It's crazy. It's crazy good. And it's like, yeah. And basically, it just allowed you to play music on keyboards and stuff, like, and connect it through the computer. It was just like a type of format. Cool. That kind of stuff just blows my mind that somebody was able to think of that and get it to work. They right? they were doing a lot of drugs in the eighties, so they were able yeah. to figure out all this stuff out. <laughs> well, they did a lot. Their parents did a lot of drugs in the sixties, the <laughs> and then they showed up in the eighties, and they're like, "All right, we have the after yeah. effect. Let's start." Right. <laughs> you know what? Let's man? get some inventing done. You know what? MIDI. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, dude. Okay. <laughs> so we're into nineteen eighty three. Apple introduced <laughs> introduced Lisa. A disaster. <laughs> it's yeah. it's Apple's first mass market personal computer with a graphical user interface. I wonder where they got that from. <laughs> <laughs> Its development was central in the in the move to such systems for personal computers. Lisa's sloth and high price, ten thousand oh dollars, led to its ultimate failure. The Lisa ran on a Motorola sixty eight thousand microprocessor and came equipped with one megabyte of RAM, which is nice. a lot of RAM at the time. Yeah, a twelve inch black and white monitor, dual five and a quarter inch floppy drives, oh boy. and a five Ooh. megabyte profile hard drive. <laughs> came with a fatty five megabyte hard drive, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like i said that like h3 h3 ethan <laughs> so the xerox star i wonder where they got that from which includes a system called small talk that involved mouse windows pop-up menus inspired the leases designers inspired okay inspired yeah. nice all right all right inspired apple. us to steal I don't, know who, it. I don't know who wrote this apple cop, yeah cop. no kidding so yeah uh, this was a giant <laughs> disaster for apple because and i feel like well, i guess they yes have, and no I guess like they haven't learned anything because they they're still selling they're selling this for ten thousand and they're slowly working their way back to that today in twenty twenty one. 
yes and no like this this gave them a lot of clout in the industry mm-hmm. yeah uh because they were the ones that like basically pi- pioneered as in like really pushed for it yeah like the the graphical user interface oh, and yeah. like the the point and click mouse no not that uh, part yeah they yeah they were the ones that were like this is the future mm-hmm. and this was the start of people basically following what apple does yeah unfortunately except for bill <laughs> gates except for bill gates apparently uh even though he did the same thing he's like mm, i'll take apple and just change that a little bit boom windows yeah. got him yeah <laughs> uh well yes i do agree that i'm glad that they d- they saw or you know steve jobs whoever saw that the graphical user interface was the way to go and that was the future that mm-hmm. is really cool uh but coming out the ten thousand dollar computer that's really slow and has a bunch of stuff that you probably don't need at the time they had to pay off purchasing the uh gui from xerox <laughs> exactly so. right. hey can you exactly can you buy this computer please <laughs> <laughs> so what's crazy is that uh, ibm also in the same year i guess around the same time as apple release and lisa released the ibm xt which is similar to the original ibm pc that came out uh, but it had a hard drive. It had a nice. 10 megabyte hard drive, 128 kilobytes of RAM, one floppy drive, a, a black and white mono monitor, and a printer for 5K. And they're like, Dang. boom, half price? Sold. Got them, coach. We got them. IBM computers for the win. Which is crazy because they're like, everyone's like, 5K? And then you're like, yeah, but look at Apple's. They're like, okay, never mind. It's like half price, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. And you get a printer. Yeah. And a pr- deal. <laughs> it's like it's like bundles now. They're like, can you please take this printer? We have like a thousand of them in the back. <laughs> You're like, the printer costs thirty dollars and the ink's eight hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's pretty cool. Like, like you can see the picture on that one too. I like how that that shows up on your on the page. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, that thing. Look at that. I use it. That's the type of oh, thing now that I would. Huh? That's the PC. Um, the enclosure for mm-hmm. the actual PC part, not the monitor there. Mm-hmm is the enclosure that a lot of people who want to do sleeper builds that's what I was gonna try say. to find. That's what I was going to say. It's like the OG, like, grab that and sleeper make a sleeper build, in yeah. there. It'd be sick. Yeah. And if you don't know what a sleeper PC, it's basically uh, you take an old PC case, something that looks like it's going to be garbage, and, just like and then you just cram it full of, like, the most high-powered, like, equipment mm-hmm. or, like, uh, PC pa- stuff at the time. So, basically, you take this IBM XT PC case, gut it, Mm-hmm. And then retro pit, retrofit it to have like a, a brand new Ryzen processor in it, a thirty ninety, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so from the outside, it just looks like an old uh, piece of crap yeah. IBM XT or a Lisa. And it got and, the sleeper name because you would do that, and then you take the computer to a LAN party, and mm-hmm. people would think that it's crap, and they're gonna kick your butt in games because you're running at fifteen frames, yeah. and then you just but murder them. Psych! You got like a an eighty eight hundred GT. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> then you take the side off and they're like, boom, blasted, get wrecked. Yes. Yeah. RGB up the butt, dude. <laughs> so, uh, also in 1983, uh, Richard Stallman introduces the GNU project to create free software alternative to proprietary Unixes on Usenet. Usenet is like pre internet, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, uh, where am I at? Oh, he works for this goal over the next years, but GNU's own kernel, the GNU herd, is delayed indefinitely, and GNU only becomes a complete uh, usable alternative to Unix with the creation of the Linux kernel in 1991. Ooh. So basic- basically, oh, a kernel is is like the uh, basically like the lowest layer of an operating system mm-hmm. where it talks to the hardware, and then has the hardware talk to 
the operating system. So it kind of acts like a driver, but it's even lower than lower yep. level than a, a driver. It's, as close to like metal as possible. Yeah, and it's also um, where Valorant puts their uh, anti-cheat <laughs> software because they. That's how. That's how. Oh what I know. Kernel. The only kernels I like are popcorn. All right. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, because they got to really, really make sure you're cheating, not sell all of your information to the Chinese <laughs> government. That's you, you heard it here yeah. first, folks. That's why John can't get out of bronze because they know we talk crap about Riot on here. Yeah. They're like, cool. Okay. You want to keep on talking crap? Here's some teammates for you. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just give them random names. It's actually AI. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing with beginner AI. I'm like, why are they doing? <laughs> uh, they're like, it's my first day. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Also in 1983, uh, Microsoft Word was released, which is crazy because I don't, I can't even imagine how Microsoft Word, how jank it was oh in 1983. Uh, they still had a subscription. You said a, so, ma- okay, a mail wait a minute. check every, every month. You may not know this, <clears throat> but with Microsoft Word being released in 1983, there's no Windows that has a graphical user interface. <laughs> was it? Did it launch on on the uh no i think it's the... just on dos i think did I think it launch on the lisa i probably not because they were using their own like i don't know if they were using their own like osx or whatever the heck my uh apple had before that because because i don't think lisa was using dos i i guess i could find that out but i didn't dig that deep into yeah. it because it said it was oh, that's a disaster. so interesting I, I like like you said i wonder like what word well, actually looked well, like back I think, then was it just well, you text space think, and it would just print out what you typed on the screen well i think yeah. it's probably what word probably was back then is like you could actually type out something and save it as a document that's probably all it was it's just notepad because back then well, you know maybe, you yeah, have probably. files you have files yeah but you probably could you just type stuff and it would execute programs whatever and write code but there probably yeah. wasn't any way to actually like, save it so the original word was probably like literally notepad where you could just save a document and go back and start it or print it, whatever, you know, use that five thousand well, I mean, dollar printer you got from IBM. Yeah. And with that same computer, you got a 10 megabyte hard disk. Like, I mean, Ooh. that's hard to fill up. Well, even now, writing text documents is like nothing. It's like literally like one kilobyte. Like yeah, it's still. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 10 megabytes, dude, you write novels. Stephen King's like <laughs> furiously typing. Uh, this is actually when. Um, uh what's his name i always forget his name uh jj is it the guy who wrote game of thrones oh you mean george rr martin george rr martin why are their names so similar anyway this is actually when he uh when he finished uh the seventh book and Mm -hmm. now he's working on the eighth book Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah it's still not done it's saved on a floppy disk somewhere he's trying to find it same on a five and a quarter (laughs) floppy he's just waiting for (laughs) waiting for the new computer to come out um yeah. another thing that came out that was really cool is dns was introduced to the internet which then consisted of about a thousand hosts oh my nice God. which is which is now there's like billions and trillions of dns yeah. stuff it's like pseudo infinite at this point yeah and it's so like, basically dns is domain name system yeah so it's, basically like like websites right yeah pretty much it's basically just like saving kind of like the system so you could save a domain name yeah, which is just like pcmrcast.com. That's a good domain you could check out. Oh, interesting though. The the uh internet hasn't been invented yet. So yeah. what was DNS actually used for? Well, technically, okay. So technically the internet does exist at this point and a lot of people use Usenet. The World Wide Web is not introduced yet. 
So oh right, people yeah. are still connecting to one another. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's dude, it's so spicy. Oh, We're like so in, weird to think about it that way. It's yeah. So like technically, there's no Google. You straight up just type in like the <laughs> the IP address you want to go to, <laughs> and then you just go to that. I mean, dude, I remember oh. when I was a kid, even like in the late '90s, like like having IPs for websites because it wasn't just all like if you don't go to Google didn't exist. You can't. Like right. Ask Jeeves was there and you had to like ask a question to try to find an answer. So I remember having like IP addresses to go to a website. So you just like type in the IP and it would send you to the web page. It's wild. It's crazy. Uh, also, a little thing called Microsoft Windows is announced in 1983. Ooh. So they're working on DOS. They still have DOS and stuff going, but Windows, which is actually going to be like its own thing, is announced in 1983. That's kind of a big deal. Not really, honestly. It'll be launching into early access in spring of uh, 84. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Microsoft, <laughs> they announced a Windows Vista and still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so 1984 we're ramping up things are getting towards the middle of the decade and things are getting spicy apple release or uh, apple macintosh which that's what they used to be called or no sorry apple released the macintosh yeah. and they're like wow the lisa was a giant failure and we should this was one year after the lisa's launch yeah this is how fast computers were like evolving yeah so basically, they released the Macintosh. Uh, it has a new, uh, a higher megahertz, an eight megahertz version of that Motorola processor. Which is crazy, is that back in the day, you'll you'll hear, and I'm not really saying it, but Motorola was like huge into making all yeah. the processors and everything. Like that's that's the person that was making everything back in the day. And then they yep. started making phones, and then no one knows who they are anymore. I'm sure they're <laughs> still they're they're they doing make, like a uh, car radio things i think right yeah now. yeah they're doing like they're still doing like communications like big yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like motorola still exists and the consumer market not as much anymore but like in the commercial market they're massive yeah um so the macintosh's release it can the sixty-eight thousand processors they have can address 16 megabytes of ram you were like wow crazy uh however the uh oh intel has the 80 80 88 yeah, and the eighty eighty six family of processors. Um, yep. uh, there Intel is also the other like huge chip maker still back in the day, like in the eighties. Yeah. They're still pretty big. They're like Motorola's are a big competitor, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Written down to here. Yeah. Uh, so the Macintosh achieved point seven MIPS, which is like, oh my god. I mean, honestly, point seven is pretty hot. It's pretty fire, honestly, for nineteen eighty four. What is this? Because that's because that's 0.7 million interactions per second, so it's pretty fast. I mean, it's still pretty fast. I don't know what that means, really, but it's yeah. seven. Yeah, I mean, for the time, for the time. Yeah, and we'll we'll get at the end. We have a comparison from yeah. the fastest processor at the end of the 80s to yeah. what we can currently do now. So you'll you'll really get an idea for what less MIPS. than one MIPS is. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the thing, too. I know as we like continue this series and I think even by the next generation that we do the next like the 90s, the 90s is insane. The night. Well, not only that is the 90s insane, but I, there's going to be a lot more stuff that I personally will, will know and be more comfortable yeah. with. So a lot of this stuff, I apologize in advance if I'm like butchering anything. It's like I'm literally going off of like info that I found and I don't know about any of this because I literally didn't exist in the world. Thanos snapped me before 89. <laughs> I didn't I did not yeah. exist. So I'm trying to I'm trying to like 
devolve my brain into thinking in terms of 1984 yeah. or wherever we're at. Yeah. Um, so the Macintosh uh, had a it had a mouse. It had its own graphical interface. So basically, they they took everything from the Lisa, Lisa the guts, and they made it into a, a better package. And they made it a quarter of the prices, twenty five hundred dollars. Um, but it also still came... crazy expensive considering the Commodore was six hundred bucks like two years ago. Yeah, still still incredibly expensive. But I mean, not ten thousand dollars expensive, right? This is like, yeah. I mean, that's how they get you though. They're like, yeah. oh, our our old our last computer was ten thousand, but this one's only twenty five. It sounds like Nvidia marketing. They're like last generation oh, was price gouging, and this one's only slightly price gouging. Yeah, yeah, nice um so crazy thing uh the macintosh launched macintosh is kind of a big deal when it came out i guess some people are yeah, pretty hyped it about it um applications that came with were mac paint which made use of the mouse which is crazy to think that like think on your computer like oh no one uses paint anymore but like paint came out and it was like oh my god you can like draw stuff you can like yeah do <laughs> thing like pixels what's happening yeah um there's also a thing called uh mac right which is basically their competitive com- Compet competition? Am I stupid right competitor? now? Competitor. Competitor. Oh my god, they're competitor to Microsoft <laughs> Word. My brain's not working. Um, yeah, have like a word processing program where you can write stuff, and they probably didn't have yeah. all the bells and whistles that Google, you know, Sheets and stuff mm-hmm. does. But you know, you get you get what you get. It's nineteen eighty four. What are you gonna do? Uh, so that was kind of a big deal. Macintosh release that computer. I don't know how many units it sold. Probably like a gajillion because Macintosh is a pretty big deal. Probably, yeah, it sold pretty well. Um, not as well as Commodore 64. Boom. Roasted Apple. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hewlett Packard released their immensely popular laser jet printer. Ooh. And by 1993, they had sold over 10 million laser jet printers and over 20 million printers overall. HP was wow. also so half of their half of their inventory they sold was one model. <laughs> yeah, well, one not necessarily one model, but one like one uh, type of printer. Yeah, type of like what LaserJet was like a huge model. crazy yeah. deal when it came out because yeah. I think big time before LaserJet and even Inkjet, which uh, HP was also pioneering Inkjet technology technology at the time, was uh, dot matrix was huge. Like that was a yeah. big deal. I was like. Like literally like a typewriter, like you're like, okay, and you're like punching holes in it and stuff, and like solving the Da Vinci code and stuff when you're printing out something. Yeah. We actually uh side note, now that it uh now that it has completely shut down, I used to work for Fry's Electronics. It's shut down now, so I don't really care. Uh as of like yesterday. So when I was working in there in like I wanna say two thousand eight, two thousand nine they still used a dot matrix printer to print their labels that they put on items on the shelves in 2008, 2009, up until probably what? up until I left, which is 2013. They used a dot matrix printer and they had to like order special ink for it to work because their system was so old that that was the only way they could print labels was with a dot well, matrix printer. Wow. I think right there you can understand why Fry's Electronics went out mm-hmm. of business. And there- there's that's crazy yeah their printer would it would constantly get jammed and it was like a really old one and it's like the only one they had so they had to constantly fix it like the service department had to like find random parts and fix it (laughs) how the heck was that more uh cost effective to like keep that running than to switch over to a new system quick little behind the scenes in my old life god i'm because i'd be i'd be working at the cash register when i was young and i just hear like (laughs) like all the labels printing for all day long 
I'm like, what the hell is this? Wow. Like a lawnmower going off. Um, okay, so MS-DOS and PC-DOS 3.0 were both released in nice. 1984 as well. Um, oh, IBM, uh, they released the IBM AT, which is a different type of uh, personal computer, but it supported high-density floppy drives at 1.2 megabytes, dude. 1.2 megabytes? Didn't floppy disks kind of cap out at like five to ten megabytes? We haven't even got there yet. These are still five and a quarter. They haven't even got the three and uh, three and three quarter floppy disks. I can't or, or something. Three, three and something. Why did you just make it an inch or like yeah. three inches, five inches? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But we haven't even gotten, it's we haven't dumb. even gotten to the smaller floppies. These are still the old, like big, huge the floppy ones. The, yeah. Well, the flat ones. The, they were thin, but they were flat. they were large. Dude, I used to, I used to put in bubble bobble in there dude and have a blast playing that five and a quarter inch floppy <laughs> hell yeah dude okay um in 1984 compact of all people name that you probably haven't heard in a while because i don't know if they that's ex- because they're dead <laughs> oh, yeah. hp bought them and killed oh, yeah. them oh yeah um they started the development of the ide interface now if you're thinking like what the hell is ide because you're <laughs> unless you're like 30 plus <laughs> years old IDE yeah. is basically like a ribbon cable that we used to use. This is before SATA, before I guess SATA is like the main thing we still use right now. Yeah, um, for hard drives. Oops. Yeah, and basically it's just like a transfer cable, like a data cable, and that mm-hmm. thing was like blazing speeds. That thing could theoretically at the time transfer one megabyte per second. So you you know when we're talking about like oh you have M.2 <laughs> oh and you can God. transfer like four to five gigabytes per second. This thing could transfer one megabyte, and that was like the fastest thing they've ever heard in their life. Yeah. Um. So it was more insane. Tip- it was more typical to transfer like seven hundred kilobytes per second, but like they're like theoretically, we've worked out the numbers. You can yeah. maybe do <laughs> one megabyte. <laughs> we've like, done the math. Some scientist is just like his head exploded. And he's like, "Oh my god." The- well, we- I mean, think about it too. Like megabytes is, uh, like a thousand. It's a thousand 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 bytes, mm-hmm. right? Megabytes. Because a kilobyte is a thousand bytes, mm-hmm. and a megabyte is a thousand kilobytes. kilobytes. Yeah. So, like back in the day, you're like, oh, dude, there's so much, so many bytes going into this, and today we're like one megabyte. That's <laughs> nothing. Yeah. If you have one megabyte download speed, you're just like suicide watch. That's like, it's like yeah, poor kids. This point. No. You're one like, one megabyte to us today is a byte back in the day to these guys. Here you go. Here's a here's a little math problem that you can figure out. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone is 250 gigabytes. <laughs> so just imagine how long it. Just do a little number crunch and see how long it'll take you to download on one. It megabyte would still be downloading today, today if they started back in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I remember downloading stuff when I was younger, and you would download directly from a website, and if anything stopped yeah. the guy interrupted, you'd have to start over from the beginning. Oh. There's no, oh. there was no download managers did not exist. Like, there wasn't anything oh. to, like, start and stop again, so, like, you'd get to 99%. Because you didn't really have enough, yeah, you didn't have enough space to, like, save a temporary vi- no. uh, version of it until yeah, you so were done like, downloading. Yeah, so you would download something, and, like, I remember when we would play, like, Age of Empires and online, some online stuff in, like, the late 90s, that was still a problem. So, like, you would, like, oh, I'm gonna start this download overnight to download this patch for the game, and, like, something would happen overnight and it would get corrupted and you'd have to just start it over again. It's like another eight oh, hours to go, boys. That's All right. rough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of what happened in 1984. So, 1985, 
This is where the crap hit the fan. This is where the fun begins. So, MS-DOS 3.1 and PC-DOS 3.1 come out, which is the big boys. This is the big boys. So, this is the first version of DOS that actually handles network support. So, you can actually, like, use it to get on the internet and do stuff instead of just, like, being stuck on your computer. Um, so, that's a pretty big deal. Symbolics registered the Symbolics.com domain, the first .com domain in the world. Huh. Which... Hold on. What, are you going to go look it up? Uh, keep talking. I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to that website right now. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So, Yeah. 1985 just imagine today like i mean you know and i'm sure we'll talk about later like the dot-com boom and stuff like in the future episodes and like how people are buying domains and then selling them because like this is good you know if i buy abc.com it's gonna be worth like a billion dollars later it's like false it's not gonna be worth a billion dollars like domains or no one cares you know just think of a different name um but i know like i want to say i think it's I think it's Nissan or something. There's somebody that owns like Nissan.com or something. And he's just like a small time like mechanic. And he's like been constantly getting sued. I could be another company. I'm pretty sure it's Nissan. And oh, they're like, that's hilarious. Huh? That's hilarious. Oh, the first .com website doesn't let you view the website unless you sign up to their newsletter. Nice. So the first website is also the most cancerous type <laughs> of website now. <laughs> nice nice it's like hey if you sign up pay one dollar to see this it's like and then you yeah. go there it's like yep this is the first website all right thanks for your money yep <laughs> um but yeah i think i think with it's it's nissan or somebody that they somebody owns the website and they bought it before the giant car manufacturer i don't know if it's nissan or uh it's it's some company I have no idea it doesn't sound like nissan nissan's a garbage company <laughs> <laughs> no but so there's a guy that owns like nissan.com or like nissanmotors.com or something oh really and he's just like a, oh, okay. he's just like a small time mechanic but i think his last name is nissan or something and they've been like suing him for years and he's just been fighting and they, he still has his website that's and hilarious. so if you go to his website it's just all like the lawsuits and stuff against him and it's just everything in broad daylight about how terrible of a company they are it's amazing that's so good hilarious uh, okay, good for him. Uh, next, Commodore releases the Amiga, which you may have heard, pretty big deal. This is like the successor, kind of, to like the Commodore sixty four. Sixty four. Um, it has a seven point sixteen megahertz Motorola sixty eight thousand. Motorola's been cranking out this processor. The, yeah, baby. this is a this is a popular processor. Yeah, good God, and its own custom chipset. It was the first home computer to feature to feature preemptive multitasking operating system. And it and it had a Macintosh like GIU GUI GUI graphic graphical user, user interface. interface. And it only cost thirteen hundred bucks, was like half the price of the Macintosh. Uh and it also came with a oh it came with it came with uh eight hundred eighty kilobyte drive and it came with two hundred and fifty six kilobytes of RAM, dude. Two hundred fifty six kilobytes of RAM, dude? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but the thing is, is like at the point at this point in time, I know it's like, oh, the Macintosh comes with like 10 megabytes and all this other stuff. But it's like, what are you using that for? Nothing exists to use that. Yeah, you you actually didn't have enough <laughs> stuff like in the world in to, like, existence that much to actually up. like yeah. utilize this stuff. Right. Yeah. Like the average person would never use that. Yeah. Um. So this this thing is pretty crazy. So you keep hearing us talking about like Motorola and then Intel also as a competitor. So uh, in October 17th. I think that's the same time that they went back in time and back to the future. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, the 
86DX was released. Uh, it supports clock frequencies of 33 megahertz, and it can address up to four gigabytes of memory. And in th- which doesn't exist, which doesn't <laughs> exist as as you. Okay, so think about this this way. Literally, we just talked about the Amiga, which is a thirteen hundred dollar computer that has <laughs> a seven point six megahertz processor, which is like pretty high end at the time, and two hundred fifty six yeah. kilobytes of RAM. This new processor can address up to four gigabytes of RAM. We haven't even got to one <laughs> megabyte of RAM, of RAM yeah. on a personal computer. And in theory, virtual memory up to 64 terabytes. So this is like a server thing, I'm assuming, back in the day. Because it's... Well, it's it's all like th- theoretical. They're like, if yeah. this stuff existed, it could use all of it. Yeah. Which, like, I, you know, they have those theoretical limits yeah. today as well. Yeah. But... It's just not realistic. But what's crazy is that, like, oh, yeah, if you get this processor, you can have four gigs of memory. They're like, that's never going to happen, you stupid yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah. But if it did, yeah. you could use it. And people are like, oh, you could use yeah. it. Nice. <laughs> that's like saying, like, oh, if you have a 3090, you'll be able to run Cyberpunk above 60 FPS. Maybe. Exactly. Theoretically, yeah. you can. Not in reality. <laughs> um. So, but at at the date of release, it ran at 20 megahertz and achieved six MIPS, which is crazy at the time. Yeah. Because Lisa, is, as you know, is a $10,000 computer and it ran at 0.7. And this is yeah. like, two, like a two, year or two ago. Yeah, two years before this. So as, as you'll start to realize and what Dakota keeps saying, it's like technology is like advancing year over year, like insane. It's just like it's it's not add addition it's multiplication like every year is just like boom 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 yeah also this uh i guess this is a computer or no it's an intel chip sorry just this chip it had two hundred and seventy five thousand transistors on it which is oh, insane we're on billions basically we're on billions boys oh we're on billions at this point yeah we're on billions but still at the time like how they like how their hands have to be tiny how they even get that many on there dude (laughs) it's crazy how do you even see that they got like super microscope magnifying glass i'm sure that thing costs a pretty penny back in the day i Mm, i didn't see a price but but if you're running up to 64 terabytes of ram dude kidding me so we're only halfway through 1985 at this point microsoft windows launched so literally this year, the first domain is registered, the Amiga launches, and then Windows comes out. And we're like, dude, we're not even this year is just getting spicy. <laughs> so the funny thing is Windows launches and no one used it because the first version of Windows is garbage. <laughs> so no one yeah. no one really uses Windows until version three. And I think that's where you'll get the three X like Windows three X mm-hmm. kind of thing that a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, version three point zero X or whatever, like three point one, whatever. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it did exist, but no one really used Windows until 1990. A lot yeah. of people were still Microsoft using... wasn't. Yeah, they weren't big enough to have like the impact that they wanted with Windows, which is which is funny, too, because at the time, Windows, obviously, they're big enough now. Yeah, Windows launched, but you they still required you to use DOS to use Windows. So I think all yeah. Windows was basically was like their GUI for DOS pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It merely provided a GUI similar to that of Macintosh. It was so similar that Apple tried to sue Microsoft for copying the look and feel of their operating system. This court case was not dropped until August 1997. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, so that was what 12 years? Yeah, just a, just a yeah. 12 year lawsuit, no big deal. What was crazy is that yeah, basically Windows wasn't a complete operating system until Windows 95. 
Windows 95. Yeah. We'll get there uh, next episode whenever we do this again. Windows 95, <laughs> kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Now, I think Windows 98 was like whenever it like exploded. It was like yeah. a big boy deal. I remember. Well, I think 95 was probably. 95 was huge too. But I think 98 was like. 98 was like. I feel like Windows 95 was like Millennium Edition. So like people used it and it was okay or like Vista or something. Yeah. And Windows 98 was like the XP or the Windows 7. You're like, this right. is a, this is amazing. Like this is. Yeah. It, this is dope. I got MIDI. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. Another thing that happened in 85, Tetris was released, which is a little game. You guys heard about it. And it's second top selling game of all time, I think now next to yeah. Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. The thing that really sucks about Tetris being released is that it was written by Alexei Pazhitan- Pazhitnov. If I'm saying that right. Sorry, but your name, Alexei. You're Pazhitnov. Yeah. Pazhitnov. Kalashnikov, AK-47. <laughs> Um, yeah, every so, Russian last name is just Kalashnikov to yeah. Americans. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was written in Russian. It was later released for various Western game machines, the crown jewel being its inclusion in Nintendo's Game Boy in 1989. Alexei made nothing from the game since under the communist regime, it was owned by the people. However, after the collapse of communism, he was able to move to the US where he now works for Microsoft. I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know if he still like exists. I think he still mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, he's, oh, he's 64. He get... He's 64. Okay. It's got to be a feels bad whenever you invent Tetris and you don't make any money off of it. Yeah. I, I feel like he probably makes some well, money off of it Well, he had the now. best idea of moving to America so yeah. that he could actually make money from his stuff. I'm sure he's yeah. doing just fine. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He doesn't have, like... He hasn't done, like, anything. I guess he made some, like, random games and stuff, but it's like, dude... I mean... It seems it seems so crazy that some like Tetris, you're like, oh, Tetris is just a game with blocks like anybody can invent that. It's like, no, someone actually like thought about this, and, like the music and everything. And like, why do you think the music makes you think of the motherland whenever you're playing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, last big thing happened in 85 is the CD-ROM invented by Philips and is produced in collaboration with Sony. So I know we talked about a couple years earlier, the, the Red Agent, but CD-ROMs now exist in the world in 1985 which is crazy because before this we were using cassette tapes for everything yeah and i mean still even cd-roms probably were insanely expensive even after they were invented you definitely hit that like weird dip where you're like oh it's oh everything's going great and it's like oh it's worth much and it's getting really really cheaper to produce and i feel like you hit that with all kinds of pc parts like every pc part peripheral all that stuff hits that dip where it's like I think right now we're kind of at that with like DDR4. So it's like the price is going down. Like storage is a perfect example. Storage, the price is going down. It's yep. getting dirt cheap. Something's going to happen and it's going to skyrocket up and storage is going to get expensive. Again. Always. It's always going to, it always happens. Um, all right. We're in 1986. 1986. Like Short basic, year. Yeah. Basically nothing happened. Uh, Apple released <laughs> another and Apple released another enhanced version of the Macintosh called Macintosh plus. Uh, sorry. It's thunderstorming outside. Uh, this one could have up to four megabytes of RAM. That's a lot of RAM back in the day. And it had a, <laughs> and it had a SCSI adapter. And if you haven't heard of SCSI, because it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It's basically, I remember people having SCSI drives when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's basically yep. like pre-IDE. Like that really, IDE wasn't even that pop- popular yet. SCSI was kind of the thing in between. And it's just another type of, uh, connector and protocol for like transferring data that's basically all it is yeah 
but I haven't, I hadn't, until I did this research, I'm like, dude, that kind of like hit me like a brick. And I'm like, I haven't heard someone say scuzzy since like I was like 10. And even that was like, this is really old. You want to see some like blow off like the, yeah, it's like somebody just <laughs> raided a pyramid. This is my scuzzy drive. Oh my God, it's a scuzzy drive. Oh, two megabyte scuzzy drive. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is where I keep all of my important info. Uh oh, the other thing that happened, thanks to some ass asshole named Eric Thomas, <laughs> Listserv was invented. It's the first automated mailing list management application, which I looked into, and it's basically this guy pretty much invented spam mail in 1986. What a guy. What a <laughs> Yay! Guy. And he de- he definitely didn't. That definitely wasn't his intention. It's just a program so you could put people or they could request to be on a mailing on list, a mailing list, and yeah. it would just like send you mail. But now. That is like literally the framework for all of us getting spam. It's like Jimmy John's offering you a coupon. And it's like, oh, yeah. Basically, thanks to Eric Thomas. May God rest his soul. What did you contribute to the world? He like he dies (laughs) and then he gets up to heaven. And he's like, what did you contribute to the world? Uh, I created spam mail. God's like straight to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. You're in the wrong place, mister. Yeah. My bad. Uh, all right, so that's all. It's 1986. I think everyone was just worn out from partying too hard in 1985 with the new computers <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So boom, we're in 1987. A small company that you probably have never heard of, and I didn't until I did this never research. Never heard of them. Acorn Archimedes. Uh, oh, the introduction of Acorn Archimedes. Acorn is actually the company. Archimedes is the is the uh, computer, like the PC. So yeah. Acorn is actually the inventor of ARM architecture, which we still use to this day, and it is yeah. a massive thing. ARM is basically the type of processors that run in smartphones mm-hmm. and anything that's like super low powered. And Jones is going to go into that with, with yeah this invention. So basically, it's uh, ARM is their proprietary uh, their their processor architecture that they made, and they these computers ran on their own proprietary operating system, which is RISC. OS, whatever the heck that stands for. Uh, Which, funny enough, there's actually a new type of processor uh, called the RISC architecture. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, Acorn is still around, and they're still a pretty big company because uh, I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, the so fir- were they the company that was bought by NVIDIA for ARM, or did NVIDIA just buy the rights to ARM? I believe they just I bought the rights to ARM. So I think they're okay. still like making them and stuff because they still, they okay. still exist. Gotcha. Um, the first model of the Archimedes is entered in 1987. Due to their low cost, minimal power consumption, and lower heat generation than their competitors, ARM processes are desirable for light, portable, battery-powered devices, including smartphones, laptops, tablet computers, as well as other embedded systems, blah, 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 what Dakota said. Uh, yep. So they also use ARM, ARM processes for desktops and servers, including the world's fastest supercomputer. This is current day. With yeah. over- and I included, huh? I included a little bit here. Yeah, with over 160 billion ARM chips produced as of today in 2020. Yeah. Which is... The supercomputer is uh, in Fuji- uh, Fujitsu, Japan, mm-hmm. and it's called the Fugaku, uh, and it was the... Uh, I-, I butchered that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. Fugaku. Um, and it was the uh, the fastest uh, supercomputer in the world as of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's when it... Um, that's when it was uh, first developed. I believe the second or the newest 
supercomputers currently being worked on with AMD processors. Yeah, it says, well, it, and it says on the wiki that I'm looking at right now, as of February 2021, it's still the fastest mm-hmm. supercomputer in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have the, I I'm using the, the same uh, NVMe drive that, that computer has. Because my computer's yeah, pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're using they're using a 1080 and uh, a Ryzen 2700X. They just have it overclocked a little bit. And that's yeah, still the fastest computer. Oh, cool. Uh, John, I don't know if you know this. This computer can it's 442 P flops, which is better than T flops because that because <laughs> it's just is and it just costs a easy one billion dollars to make. What it does, I don't know, but it probably can play Crisis pretty dang good. That's all I know. Simulations <clears throat> and like guessing and stuff. I can't even for like I, weather predictions. One of the games I've been trying to play is Crisis, and I can't even play it because uh, when I click to get my key to play it, it won't mm-hmm. it won't uh, pop up with the key anymore. You should call nice. Acorn see if they can have yeah use a supercomputer to call them up. <laughs> get uh, working on that. The uh, there's two other small things happening in '87. The year the decade's kind of winding down because '85 was such a huge massive thing. Uh, when yeah. Microsoft Windows 2 was released. Uh, basically, the only thing that was important that happened with 2 is they just renamed a couple things. They added a couple keyboard shortcuts, which are a big deal because we take Control-C, Control-V and stuff for granted because we're so used to it, but that yeah. didn't exist yep. back in the day. Um, yep. But they they changed the terminology to minimize and maximize as opposed to iconize and zoom because that's what it used to be oh. called. It used to be called iconize and zoom yeah minimize and maximize oh so much better it's just so funny because you're like oh minimize maximize it's you're you're so just used to it and back in the day it's like yeah that didn't exist like i don't even use maximize i use enlarge yeah it's just (laughs) it's just so crazy that i don't know i've been saying this a lot all up this whole episode because i'm also learning a lot doing this research yeah it's just like the fact that we take all of this stuff for granted that it's like someone had to like think about this and like you know what that's pretty dumb we should change that and they did and now we have it you know 20 30 years later um also vga was released by ibm in 1987 you know that little blue plug that you don't ever use in the back of your monitor if you have an older monitor or the back of your computer you know your motherboard that probably everything is hdmi now but up until probably five like years ago, most modern things, servers and stuff still use VGA. Yeah, any Dell computer probably still has that <laughs> with their <laughs> onboard graphics uses VGA. Yeah. When whenever your whenever your parents are can't get HD because they're using a VGA monitor, like why does everything look so terrible? <laughs> yeah. So moving on, nineteen eighty eight. Sorry, this is this is a lot of stuff to go through in the eighties. Um, 1988, the foundation of the MPEG group by Leonardo something and Hiroshi Yashuda. His name is just a, is just gibberish. I'm not even going to attempt. He's from somewhere in earth. Apparently, uh, the moving picture experts group MPEG is basically the framework of what we still use today because we still use MPEG four and all the different video that you see on the internet and everything else is started here basically and what's crazy is that it literally took like an alliance like an international alliance for people to like invent this and work together to invent this and dakota was telling me the other day it's like that's how like new protocols and stuff get worked on there's like these huge committees and it's like the un for technology where these people get together (laughs) that's how i think of it yeah it's like the justice league for for computer stuff and they just like sit around at MIT and they just like think about stuff and they're like that's let's just do that in five years that sounds great 
Yep. And it's just crazy because basically it's just a protocol for uh for media coding for video, audio, graphics, bio, you know, compression, compression, and all that stuff like that. All that good stuff in '88, dude. '88. We're even in the '90s yet, bro. <laughs> um. So, uh, PC and MS DOS 4.0 came out. Um, version 3.4 to 4 are confusing due to lack of cor- correlation between IBM and Microsoft, and also the US and Europe. Several internal use only versions were produced of these uh, DOS and MS DOS. Apparently, they had a lot of issues, and they brought that up. It's like they had a lot of issues because people are using it. And a lot of people basically just went back to 3.0 because they're just like, you know, whenever you upgrade a Vista and you're like, oh, I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> or, yeah. Uh, or you, or for some reason, you actually upgraded Windows 8 because they said it was a free upgrade. And you're like, that was a free downgrade. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's just that's just something that like as as time progresses, Windows isn't really a thing. People are still using DOS, and that's like a majority of computers mm-hmm. are using DOS. But they're like, wait, yeah. Marty, we got to go back. <laughs> um, As we go on, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, pretty much like they're, Microsoft was touting 4.0 as this huge upgrade because you could use you could use a lot more memory. But then it was like crashing people's computers and they were just like, everyone's like, all right, we're going back to three, 3.0 or 3.3 because that was <laughs> the last one that worked. And uh, I mean, not much has changed with technology. If it, yeah. if it, not much has changed with Microsoft. They still mess up go. software development that's, a lot. That's yeah. There you go. Uh, also in 88, the first optical chip was developed. It uses light instead of electricity to increase processing speed. And as John was talking about earlier, done with huh? that. I wonder if anything is still done with that. Well, John is. Oh, yeah, I'm not really sure because I know John was talking about earlier about how his his mouse didn't have it was using like a any mouse. red light. <laughs> Basically, um, yeah. like uh, I'm gonna look at this optical chip is like using fiber optic, fiber optics. Oh wait, yes, yeah, yeah. So a lot of stuff still uses that. So what is the chip part of this? Uh, it just says it says That's it's using light instead of electricity to increase processing speed. I'm not sure how any of that works. I'm assuming Apollo has something to do with that because he's the god <laughs> of the sun. And I'm not really, I don't really, it's too big brain for me. And it's, a well, I mean, a processor, a processor uses electricity to flip uh, a, a one or a zero to a one. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like a, it's literally like a little dam like a, like that a, like, like a, basically changes like a light like a light from, switch back and forth. Yeah, exactly. It basically changes the state of a very small, it's called a transistor, mm-hmm. from a state of zero or one, mm-hmm. which is the bits, you yeah. know, eight bits in a byte. So ones and zeros, a mixture of that. So I wonder if this is like basically doing the same thing where it just cuts off the light. And if it's if it's cut off, it's a one. But if it's if you can see it, it's a zero. Yeah, I honestly interesting. I just put all my computer parts together and just assume magic is what makes things happen. I know there's like binary and like you can get down to the nitty gritty. I just hope when I turn it on, I can I just play think it's super games. interesting. That's that's <laughs> it's just I'm like magic. <laughs> it's probably what happened. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're even talking right now. Magic. Magic. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, also, the last thing that happened in 8th that was a big deal is Adobe Photoshop was released. Which, considering Yay. they barely have like GUIs at this point, I don't know yeah, how in depth cool. Photoshop. It's <laughs> probably like, not as much as you think it. Photoshop, actually, no, is... probably way less than what you think. 
<laughs> no, well, because you got to think like they have MS Paint, they have Mac Paint, and now they have Adobe Photoshop. And it's like, they're probably yeah. all the exact same thing. It's like, you have a couple yeah. colors, 16 different colors, 16 times the detail in Photoshop. That's what you got. So, we're moving on to the last year, 1989. And there's not really that much that happens. But there's a couple of big things that happen. That was a weird context. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, the command set for EIDE disk drives was defined by CAM. And CAM is basically another one of those UN Justice League type groups that, like, develop protocols. It's probably a bunch of MIT nerds, you know, stupid nerds. Probably a bunch of people that, <laughs> you know, are figuring all this, figuring all this big brain stuff out that I still to this day have no clue what's going on. Um, basically, they were figuring out that IDE is going to be super baller. It's going to be great. And then someone else smarter than them invented SATA down the road. And that was way better. <laughs> but there's a lot of technical details in here. But honestly, it doesn't really matter anymore. They were figuring out like, oh, we can have like 2.1 gigawatts of data transfer speed and all this stuff. None of it ever happened. SATA was invented and they were like, all right, bye, IDA, you suck. We honestly, okay, the funny thing is, though, when I was reading through this, I kept seeing like, oh, new versions of IDE came out mm -hmm. and stuff like this. And this was back in like before the 90s, basically. Yeah. At my computer shop back when I was working at it, not my own yeah. computer shop, the one I worked at before that, uh, when I was working for somebody else, we were still getting computers mm -hmm. in that had IDE drives, yeah. and they were manufactured in like the mid 2000s. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, oh my god, IDE like stayed well past its welcome. Oh yeah. Well, it's probably because it was probably because it's dirt cheap. They got that stuff for like pennies on the dollar for ribbon cables. I, re yeah. I remember Ugh. I remember it was 2007 and I took my computer into Fry's because it wasn't working. And I remember they diagnosed it. I had paid like 75 bucks for the diagnose it. And then they told me I had a bad ribbon cable. And it's because I still had ID drives in my computer in 2007. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's awful. Um, OK, 1989. Macintosh released a new computer that achieved... It's their new in 1989. They have a computer that's running at 25 megahertz and it achieves 6.3 MIPS. Nice. And Dakota. <laughs> oh, also Dakota has a little uh, something to say after this. But Apple also released the Macintosh portal, the first notebook computer Mac, which went back to the original 68,000 processor, but now ran at 60 megahertz to achieve 1.3 MIPS. And it had like a black and white display, but still like having a lap. I mean, there were other laptops, but this is the first like Mac <sighs> laptop. Mac look at that yeah. look at the picture of that bad boy oh really is it amazing oh, baby <laughs> sexy no no i be oh god be, <laughs> no that's when you're <laughs> to describe it to people so basically it's literally like those old no, tan dude it's, uh, it's it's battleship like if you had two of them you're like b8 oh my god, i sink yeah. your battleship that's what it looks like yeah it looks like a battleship like it, it even has like a little one of those it, it looks like a little ball on there yeah, it has like, a track ball yeah it has it. a little <laughs> ball uh ball for the mouse. yeah if you're listening to this just do yourself a favor and look up macintosh portable it's hilarious <laughs> oh man i think like, probably weighed like 80 pounds. how is that thing i know how is that thing portable it looks like a brick you're like dude you guys want to see my super new laptop <laughs> and just like sit it on your yeah. desk and like puts a hole through your floor you're like oh my god <laughs> so yeah dakota so their new this macintosh portable ran at 1.3 mips the new Macintosh computer ran at 6.3, which was like pretty fast at the time for a PC. This is at the end of the 80s. That's 89. Right before the 90s. 89, yeah. 
So Dakota's going to tell you what that is like in today's terms. So in comparison to a processor from today, uh, the Ryzen 9 3950X, which is a 16 core, 32 thread processor, mm-hmm. like this was all still one core mm-hmm. stuff that they were working yeah. with back in the day. Um, the newer processors today have 749,000 MIPS <laughs> compared to 6.3 MIPS yeah. back in the day. Uh, and this is just like a consumer grade mm-hmm. uh, processor. The the Epic servers were well over a million mm-hmm. <laughs> with like 64 uh, cores and yeah. 128 threads. It's just crazy. Is it is Oh, because this is a Ryzen 9, so this isn't Threadripper, right? This is the actual Ryzen Correct. series. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, this is running at basically 750,000 MIPS and at 4.6 gigahertz, whereas this Apple processor is running at 25 megahertz and 6.3. But I mean, dude, I bet you yeah. people boot up this Mac like, ooh, oh man, this thing's blazing. Ooh, baby, it's booting oh so my God. fast. It only took two <laughs> minutes to boot up into DOS. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you hit the oh power my button. God. It's like the old cars. You just get yeah. in the front and you just crank them. <laughs> started oh that's why that mac portable is so big it actually has a crank in the back (laughs) yeah uh another big thing that happened was the first sound blaster card was released by creative labs i think also the last (sighs) sound blaster card was released by creative labs in 1987 (laughs) no (laughs) no uh so that was kind of a big deal because it was like an own independent sound card so you can get that high quality mini hd imagine what that was like Dude, that thing was big boy. You can get all 16 bytes. 16 times the detail of audio quality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the last thing that we're going to end off on, kind of a big deal. Uh, the World Wide Web was invented <laughs> by Tim Berners-Lee, who wanted to use hypertext. I'm just going to read this out because it's pretty good. Uh, it was invented by a guy named Tim Berners-Lee. Thank you. I think he died recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But thanks, bro. You're a real MVP. Uh, he wanted to use hypertext to make documents and information seamlessly accessible over different kinds of computers and systems and wherever they might be in the world. So at this point, uh-huh. Usenet and all these other types no. of things already exist, but he... He's still alive. Oh, he's still alive. Oh, sorry. Sorry, unrip. I thought he died. There's somebody yeah. else that invented some part of the internet that died recently. I saw on Reddit. I don't remember who yeah. it was. Thanks to that guy, too. I don't know his name is. Rip. Okay. Uh, so at the time, this uh, Tim Berners Lee was working at CERN, which is basically like MIT for Europe, pretty much. Uh, it's like a super conglomerate of like big brain IQ people. They just mm-hmm. play chess and like drink whiskey all day. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that's my assumption. Uh, that's what Americans think of all Europeans <laughs> when they're smart. They just play chess all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the web was a result of the integrated the integration of hypertext and networking. The best known vehicle being the internet. The hyperlink pages not only provided static information, but also transparent access to databases and existing internet facilities such as file FTP, file transfer protocol, Telnet, Gopher, Waze, and Usenet. So basically these are like, back in the day, I mean, we still use FTP to this day, which is basically just yeah. the protocol to send files. Like if you drop something into Discord, you're using FTP. They just you yeah. transferring a file. So back in the day when you wanted to send someone a file, you actually like directly send it to them. Like using yeah. a file FTP. Uh, he was awarded the Institute of Phys- Physics 1997 Doodle Monitor. That's really bad. Uh, for this contribution <laughs> D- to the advancement D- 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 of knowledge. Medal? Yeah, great. Here's a medal. Thanks for inventing the internet, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how about all of the money? 
can I have all of the money, please? I'll just take 1% of the revenue of the internet, thanks. Yeah. And I'll be the richest yeah. person in the universe. Oh my god. 1%. That's 1% of Amazon. Yikes. Yeah. So, uh, the first web browser was actually an integrated browser slash editor with the GUI interface written for the sophisticated but fairly rare Next computer. Berners-Lee and his colleagues off- offered a stripped-down text-only browser as a downloadable demo and asked the emerging web community to write full GUI versions for other platforms. By early 1993, there were GUI browsers for Unix and PC, including Erwise, Vivola, WWW, Midas, Cello, Samba, and Mosaic. Lynx was an important text-only browser. None of these included the editing features of the first Next browser, which were more labor-intensive to implement than the the non-Next platforms. Mosaic, written at the National Center for Supercomputing Applications. I want to work there. That sounds pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> was the first browser with full-time programmers and institutional support behind it. It was reliable and easy to install and super and soon offered images embedded in text rather than separate windows. Imagine doing that, going to a website oh, and wow. like everything's just separated by every single thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, do you guys remember websites back in the early like 2000s? Sites and, 90s? and stuff, dude. Like, Oh flames, my God, they were so bad. Dancing baby, dude. Dancing. I remember when dancing baby came out. That's, I don't remember anything. That thing was freaking that. fire, dude. Well, John was on dial-up until he's like 20, so... Yeah, yeah. he couldn't he load the websites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically Mosaic was like the first... Think of it as like the first uh, kind of program like Firefox or Chrome that people are, you know, Internet Explorer. Right? Yeah, first browser. It was the first one yeah. that was like huge. So between the World Wide Web coming out in 1989, uh, by 1993, the internet, the web traffic over the internet had increased by 300,000%. <laughs> wow and the bulk of mosaic mosaic was like the first big uh browser kind of like program mm-hmm. uh they went on to found netscape that brings back some memories kind of a big deal yeah i don't netscape is now rest and pepperonis i believe i don't think netscape is how i dialed up to the internet oh yeah netscape actually netscape is technically exists but uh it was owned by aol and then it was, and now it's owned by Verizon for some reason. Interesting. Yeah, Why? Verizon bought AOL. Oh, that's right. I worked at a computer shop during the transition period, and that was hell for old people. Oh god, and awful for me. Like I don't understand. I have an AOL email account. Why am I now having to sign in for Verizon? I'm like, well, they bought AOL, so now you have a Verizon account. Oh, I don't understand. I have an AOL email. Like. Not anymore. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be so crazy because. So, uh, thank you. We are technically. That's it. Yeah, we're done through the <laughs> 80s. I know that was a ton of information to go through. Um, I was just I, I was just like looked through a side thing for Netscape. And I just realized that in the 90s, I'm going to have to cover the first browser war with all the different browsers. That's going to be exciting because that was like a huge ordeal. Because I remember like AOL and Netscape <laughs> and like all these other internet explorer and all this other crap was like such a freaking nightmare fun stuff back in the day so i know that uh last week we had a really good info dump that dakota did for motherboard and ram and this is kind of a pseudo info dump hopefully this is more of a that's why we want to call it a history lesson because it's like hey you know you have to like appreciate the old stuff to be able to appreciate the new stuff and at least that's my an- analogy and something that i like to do it's like because i you know someone that grew up with really old hardware and technology and stuff growing up with this you know in the 90s and early 2000s it's like 
the fact that I have a computer and I can literally video chat with somebody like that didn't exist when I was a kid. Maybe it did, you know, yeah. for, you know, young kids now. But the fact that we can literally record a podcast remotely, video chat, see each other doing yep. it, talk to, I, you know, constant communication with people. If I want to know basically anything in the world, I can just look it up immediately within five seconds, know the answer. Yeah. Before yeah. you just had to like assert your dominance and claim that you knew something and people just had to believe <laughs> you. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's what, um, you guys know that well that's what the the one uh video game guy did he just made up all of his high scores and people were like oh yeah just believed yeah, him and, and just guy. now oh yeah they're yeah, just, just now, now they're out. coming out that they're fake well it's like uh the comedian john mulaney he was like being a bank robber in like the 1920s must have been like the best thing ever he was like all you had to do is leave before the cops got there and you got away with it every time <laughs> he was like you drive up and you're like, you drive up and you rob the bank and you get in your car and you drive away. And they, they're like, damn, they got away. <laughs> it's, just like, yeah. it's like, it must have been yeah. the best thing ever. That's, yeah. how, that's how it was uh, whenever you had fights with your friends and your kid. Like, no, uh, you don't know that. I'm like, no, I saw it. I swear I saw it. And they're like, okay. And they're, and they're like, all right, he must know I everything. I swear on my mom. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, my dad said so. And he can beat up your dad. So... Take yeah, that. but yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my dad has diabetes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, uh, we do we do have some yeah. questions for the show, but this episode is already running incredibly long, so we are going to save them until next week. So if we do mm-hmm. get more questions, I don't know episode recording next week, but we'll knock them all out next week. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's mine. Oh, probably. Oh, don't check. Probably. Uh, but. Thank you all for listening to this. John, where can people find us? First, we'd like to thank everybody that's supported us with Patreon so far. Like we talked about earlier, uh, that event we had last week, right? Or uh, yeah. last yeah, week Saturday. was a lot yeah. of fun. We all, we all laughing nonstop. It was, it was super fun. Um, but if you did like the episode or like our other episodes, go to Patreon. If you do go to patreon.com and type in PCMR cast mm-hmm. or even PCMR where the first one that pops up. Um, you can find all our contact info at PCMRcast.com. At the bottom of the page, there's a contact form. You can fill it out, send something to us, and you can watch everything on Twitch, YouTube, uh, Discord, join a Discord, talk to us. Um, we have all our information on there, too. All the different pages, like all the events going on are all on there. There's always somebody usually in the Discord talking. Um, and you can listen to us on just about anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So whatever you're Pretty listening much. to us on right now. Yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, if you've got this far, then you've already been listening to us pretty much. We've come to that. We've come to that conclusion. It's like you can find us on all this stuff. It's like, wait, if you're listening to us now, then you've already found us somehow, and you're already listening I to. I know it seems repetitive, but you have to do it because be like, oh man, that's how you find them. Like maybe maybe somebody's <laughs> you're just riding on a passenger, and somebody's listening to the show. You're like, how would I find those guys? Who are those guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank god the internet uh got invented yeah, thank you. so that you yeah. can find this this podcast yeah what's his name <laughs> thank you tim berners lee for inventing the world wide web and thank you for not putting it behind a paywall so we can all use it yes yeah, <laughs> well at least it, it wasn't invented by uh by ea so that's nice but uh i think the biggest thing we learned is that eric thomas you're the worst for inventing male fans you suck Psst.